The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All righty, welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington, we are on 1250, 930. You can find us online, pr927fm.com. And we are on Facebook Live and YouTube. You can check us out there. Got a lot of great stuff on our YouTube page, including what happened today, which was Mike Houston's weekly press conference. Also, uh, some pirate players, Miles Berry, John Young, Tyler Sneed, Got those interviews for you, uh, the video versions right there on YouTube that you can check out. Make sure you are subscribed to Pirate Radio TV. All right, uh, we got a lot to get to on today's program as we get you ready for Saturday's contest between East Carolina and South Carolina. We'll hear from both camps today. You'll hear some Mike Houston comments, also some Shane Beamer comments coming up in about 20, 25 minutes. We'll talk to Corey Miller. I first heard of Corey Miller as a Washington fan, I guess in the 90s. Uh, He was a defensive lineman for the New York Giants. I then later heard Corey Miller on Primetime with the Pac-Man with Mark Packer. He'd be a frequent guest on that show talking football. We've talked to him here on Pirate Radio, and it's going to be great to get uh, the pastor of pain, Corey Miller, back on the show. He's a South Carolina great, and uh, he'll give his perspective on what happened week one with the Gamecocks against Eastern Illinois. I'll ask him, is he surprised about the line between the Pirates and the Gamecocks? We'll have an update on that spread uh, coming up in just a little bit. But I can't wait to uh, catch up with Corey Miller uh, coming up in about 25 minutes or so. Also on the program today, the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. He had a great week one picking games. We'll look at week two slate for college football and uh, see what he likes there. We'll probably dive into the NFL later this week with Jeff Nadeau, but some Week 2 college football talk, including East Carolina and South Carolina, what he thinks about the Pirates. Also, how about ECU's opponent from Week 1, Appalachian State, going down to Miami to take on the Hurricanes. What does he think about that game? We'll talk about that. NC State, Mississippi State, all that and more coming up with Jeff Nadeau in Hour 2. Steven Igo joins us at the tail end of Hour Number 2 on in to Hour Number 3 to uh, break down what he saw at Bank of America Stadium last week in Charlotte and get his thoughts on ECU and South Carolina. All right, Shirley Rhodes is here. Chandler Honeycutt's here. Intern Jalen has arrived. Intern Macon on the way out. Hello, folks. What's up, Clipper? Chandler, good to see you. Thanks for showing up to work. (laughs) What? No problem. Thanks for showing up. You got our rundown ready to go today? No. Why not? 
I came in a little late. <laughs> where, where have you been? I've been visiting clients. You, you're lying. I swear. Where, show me the receipts. What receipts are you talking about? Show me the receipts. Tell me, write down the clients you saw, and I'm going to call them to make sure. AJ McMurphy's. All right, I know I know AJ personally. Okay. I'll, talk, I'll call him. <laughs> Anybody else? Nah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I you do. just spent your entire afternoon at AJ's? No, I was they opened I know, at 2 I o'clock. So. I was just joking. I have a rundown here on the sheet of paper. All right. So I'll, I guess I'll just, much like everything around here, I'll do it my damn self. How about that? Go ahead. But again, thank you for showing up. Yeah, no problem, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know why I like irritating Chandler so much, <laughs> but I, I really enjoy it. You're having a great time, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I am enjoying myself right now. What you All got right. on the rundown? <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll have it for you in a moment. All right, so we got all that on the program today. Um, I tell you what, let's start out with the line of the uh, the East Carolina South Carolina game, and this line opened, and I guess different sports books do it different ways because the first one I saw had East Carolina as a slight underdog, I think a two point dog. Then I saw a line on Sunday that had East Carolina like a four-point favorite. That's uh, the one I saw. That that's the one that Stephen Igo mentioned. Yeah, and then on uh, I guess yesterday, I saw it around East Carolina by two, and now I'm looking for it right now, and I don't see it, but I will find it momentarily. Uh, it is just it's interesting, and make sure you uh, you tune in to the Corey Miller interview because he'll he'll give his thoughts on south carolina's 45 to nothing win you just see the scores you think well south carolina should be a touchdown favorite a 10 point favorite a big favorite but apparently eastern illinois is kind of bottom of the barrel so uh that has something to do with why east carolina is an actual favorite in this football game and uh i do not see the line anywhere so if you see it somewhere screenshot it for me and let me know and also you would think that the spread would be different in south carolina's favor because they're leading back should maybe be back this week for east carolina he led all of the sec in rushing last year um so that's another factor that and maybe they get their quarterback back but shane beamer is not going to tell uh who the quarterback is for this saturday's game uh, so it, it all depends on who's back for South Carolina. and uh, But I've been very surprised by the spread so far. Great segue into number two on the rundown today, Chandler. That's good work right there. Shirley, let's hit Shane Beamer one from his teleconference on Sunday when he was asked uh, if he was going to let everybody know who the quarterback was going to be before kickoff Saturday. Don't know why I would. Um, I'm sure Coach Houston would love that. And um, and he knows. I mean, he's got to get ready for to carry on Joyner and and he's got to, they've got to get ready for Luke Doty and Zeb. And, and, you know, we do a lot of different things offensively, so no. And, guys, I'm not going to come in there on Tuesday and tell you who the starting quarterback is. So, you don't need to waste time asking questions about who the quarterback is going to be and what the reps look like because I'm not getting into it. So, um, sorry. Um, that's the way we are. Askering. I think he said answering and asking at the same time. So, quit asking. That's a quit asking. As Tony Collins would say, who's our quarterback? Who's our quarterback? We don't know. And does it matter? It, it matters a little bit. But for South Carolina, what they want to do 
is run the football and that is what they did on eastern illinois that and smother eastern illinois eastern illinois had uh just over 100 yards of offense in the Mm. game uh but south carolina did it by running the football you saw that the the quarterback had four touchdowns so quandre white had 126 yards rushing for south carolina i guess he's the guy behind their number one guy yeah and and throwing the football zeb nolan's numbers you see four touchdowns you say wow but he he only had his yardage was not up 13 of 22 for 121 yards yeah so the running back had more yardage than the quarterback had passing 47 carries for south carolina compared to 28 passes uh between three different players and the eastern illinois side of things they had 78 passing yards and 31 rushing yards that is absolutely brutal. So they're really bad. East Carolina's going to be ready to bounce back. And I don't know. I, I'm leaning towards picking the Pirates to win this game uh, coming up on Saturday. Mm. We'll make our predictions uh, later. I had App State by a few points in game one. I think I might flip it and uh, take the Pirates here in a week two. So we will not know who that quarterback is going to be, I guess. So that was from a teleconference on Sunday and shane beamer much like mike houston at a press conference today and uh i have not seen or heard that yet i wonder if anybody asked you think somebody asked about the quarterback unless he said quit asking yeah if if you're there are you gonna ask that question after he told you not to ask on sunday it was probably some outlaw some rebel uh that decided to do it all right let's get an uh an early look at week two college football and i gotta tell you it is not super sexy um not a lot of headliners in fact the the best game if you go by rankings would be a noon kickoff on fox between oregon and ohio state that's the the game of the day i always look at what i'll be able to watch after the fifth quarter once i get home uh and it's kind of slim pickings you got texas arkansas at seven o'clock on espn a future sec matchup the game i'm most interested in is is appalachian state miami which is 7 o'clock on ESPNU on Saturday night. Utah-BYU, a good matchup at 10-15 on ESPN. Outside of that, you got NC State-Mississippi State um, coming up on Saturday night. AAC-wise, Air Force-Navy. Boy, Navy looked really bad uh, in their loss to Marshall, so they try to bounce back against Air Force. But, yeah, kind of a uh, a ho-hum week two slate. Tulsa, Oklahoma State, that wouldn't look good before Tulsa lost to an FCS team. So, I don't know. Uh, just not uh, not infatuated with this Week 2 slate. Yeah, but I really am excited to see what Appalachian State can do on the road against Miami, who got throttled by Bryce Young and the Alabama Crimson Tide on Saturday. And I think Alabama's going to be really good. But really see, ready to see how legit this – and we know they're good. They're great. They're experienced. They're a senior-led team. I'm ready to, ready to see what they can do in Miami and see what they if they can put up a fight or hell if they can win. Well, hell, uh, Jonathan, good catch. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook Live and tune in there. Jonathan says, "What about Iowa versus Iowa State? Aren't they both ranked? Yes, they are. Good call. They're both top ten. Although this game lost a tad of luster, maybe with the way Iowa State played. Uh, they won sixteen to ten over Northern Iowa." in week one but yes that is a top 10 matchup that'll be four o'clock coming up probably on fox uh no on abc uh coming up 
Iowa, Iowa State at 430. So uh, there you go. I saw somewhere that uh, NC State and Mississippi State is a pick them. Um, Mike Leach's team getting all, uh, they, you know, squeaked by State. I looked Holtz's at it today. State's actually a slight road favorite now. Oh, wow. In that game. Hmm. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about How that impressive one. was their win Thursday night? Who? That, that's an actual question. I, I mean, against a you know a depleted South Florida team, I guess. I mean, is it was that Im- impressive? It for was NC more State? impressive than Mississippi State's win. Yeah, I guess over Louisiana Tech. Um, yeah, I guess State has done enough uh, where Vegas says they deserve to be a road favorite. They have a healthy quarterback and Leary back who missed majority of the year last year. Yeah, um, I just don't know. I mean, you're going on the road into an SEC environment. Um, but Vegas must like the pack. All right. Uh, so there is week two um, college football. I am so excited for Sunday. Oh, man. Week one. Sunday, like wrapping up the show and like going home and watching football and relaxing. You're going to go, man, I'll sleep in tomorrow. Mm. And about 12, 1230, I'll head out to somewhere and settle down into my bar seat my I wa- bar stool and i want to get up and see all the the pregame shows too yeah fox nfl sunday the cbs you know like i want to sunday it on all. i want everything i can get before things kick off one o'clock because once you, they kick off that's when bad things start to happen do you wait do you wake up early enough for the sunday nfl countdown i usually like to get up for that and watch you know boomer and watch those guys uh on nfl sunday countdown uh, I think yeah. it's Randy Moss. Those Randy Moss. Randy Moss. I don't know what's your. I I don't watch a lot of those shows now. I watch um, I watch the Barstool content with yeah. Stu Finer. Stu Finer. Like that's really my go-to on Sundays now. If I had to pick one, I don't know. I kind of like the CBS guys for some reason. What about the panel on Fox? Man, Terry Bradshaw, too, Michael Strahan. A little too hokey dokey for me hokey dokey i don't know what that even means uh but i like do the hokey dokey and cower assassin is phil sims still there i hate phil sims for but, cbs yeah, yeah. Uh, i think i go cbs over fox espn is fine you know really i'll turn it to espn too if they still have the uh like the fantasy football pregame show i don't usually venture over to nfl network pregame i don't either what's your favorite pregame out there folks do you even with so much stuff online now it's becoming a kind of a dinosaur right there's so many other well, things to to look at well you know, i prefer fox, the fox one fox and cbs take you up to kickoff yeah 12 to 1 and then the espn sunday nfl countdown i think they go to like 12 o'clock but they do a lot of on-site on-location interviews with you know the team's espn reporters you know for example, David Newton for the Panthers ugh, uh, might be on the field giving insight. I, that's what I like about ESPN. Uh, but they also do the same thing on CBS and NFL or on Fox, uh, which is not as much. But I, I've grown up watching the Fox. Um, yeah. The, 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 the Fox channel. broadcast. But where, that's where the Panthers play their games. And now aren't they switching that too where my whole life – well, not my whole life because it used to be CBS was NFC and NBC was AFC – and then they made the switch to Fox was NFC and CBS was AFC. And now, I don't even think it matters. Like, they just cross over or whatever now. Panthers play at least three or four a year on CBS. Yeah, so I don't – it's kind of all changing. Um, all right, so NFL week one, 
you've got the sam darnold revenge game in carolina which is the game everybody's talking about and by everyone i mean no one there are by everyone you mean me there's tony dunn awesome week one matchups chandler and i love there's very few division matchups now the nfl made the move a few years ago to guarantee week 17 which is now week 18 Mm -hmm. will have uh, all teams play against their division well now it looks like they've just kind of pushed all those division games back because you've only got a select few the dolphins play the patriots which is an afc matchup the jaguars play the texans uh afc south afc east was that first one and let's see outside of that it's non-division matchups and a lot of the matchups are afc versus nfc and we don't get to see these a lot once every four years so you get washington chargers which i think is an interesting matchup seahawks colts will be a good game jets panthers is one of those but how about i think the the funnest game maybe on the uh docket maybe not the best game but the funnest game cardinals titans Uh uh-huh total in that game is 52 and you've got the cardinals with murray and their wide open offense and the titans adding julio to already an explosive offense i see tennessee as a three-point favorite in that game that is a really fun game i like the afc nfc you've also got the playoff uh rematch between the browns and the chiefs that'll be a fun game coming up in the four o'clock window and uh, so, uh, yeah, I like the uh, the matchups this week. Yeah. Week um, Titans and Cardinals is going to be fun, especially for me. I got, you know, Julio Jones and Ryan Tannehill on my uh, fantasy team, so I'll be tuned into that. I think this kickoff game, and I know you're not a Cowboys guy no, it's, at it's, all, but, it's right. but Cowboys-Buccaneers to me on Thursday night, and maybe it's just because it's the start of the NFL season, but I really am going to be tuned into that. I think that's going to be an awesome game. The return of Dak Prescott. Can uh, Ezekiel Elliott bounce back? And it, can Tom Brady and the really the same old, same old Buccaneers from last year, can they bounce back after a Super Bowl uh, year? So I, I'm really excited about that game on Thursday night, 820. Um, Joe Welsh. I thought it was Joe Walsh, legendary musician, right? says why can't i find the app on my iphone app search uh we no longer use the app you can find us on facebook as you are right now also twitter YouTube. soundcloud youtube download it tune in tune in yeah just a lot of places a lot of platforms a lot of platforms uh, i think that line's too high for cowboys bucks eight for the t- oh yeah i'm kind of on the cowboys pains me to say uh have how often do you bet on the cowboys too often Mm. (laughs) too too often because i i get suckered in like everybody does thinking that i mean you look at their lineup with dak zeke cd lamb amari cooper michael gallup like that is that's awesome but you forget about their injured and depleted offensive line and their awful defense which, they just lost one this week with Zach Martin. With yeah, the COVID although protocol. I did see a tweet where he's not like a hundred percent out. Let me see what uh, what that tweet was. I saw Ed something Woodard. about he. Well, he uh, if I read it correctly, he's vaccinated, so he doesn't have to sit out as much time. And they're trying to pull a Saban from last year, yeah. where he can test that of it. It says Cowboys executive vice president Stephen Jones, Jerry's boy said uh, the team feels really good with how zach martin feels playing thursday is still not out of the question 
we haven't rolled him out totally i'm assuming that means ruled uh says team would fly him to tampa on thursday if martin can test negative twice while asymptomatic mm. so yeah i thought he was a done deal not to play on thursday night but apparently he still got a shot all right let's wrap up the rundown with uh let's just take a uh, a breath and yeah we're all thank you chandler and just take a quick look at the MLB standings. Labor Day is coming gone, so it's time to get serious. I know you don't want to do that, but <laughs> the Rays have a commanding eight and a half point, uh, eight and a half point, eight and a half game lead. I really am in football mode. Eight and a half game lead over the Yankees. Nine game lead over the Boston Red Sox. Uh, the White Sox, of course, still dominating the Central. The Astros in control of the West. So all those races appear to be over right now wild card wise you've got the yankees the red sox i goes mariners uh still in the mix there the blue jays now three games back along with the mariners of the red sox for that second wild card spot in the nl things have really tightened up in the east braves just one and a half games up on philadelphia who has won eight out of ten the mets have won seven out of ten but they lost yesterday and they are four back of atlanta the brewers are going to win the central the giants one game lead over the dodgers padres are way back in the nl west looking at the wild card the uh, dodgers and the, the padres are your wild cards right now the reds phillies cardinals and maybe mets still have a shot at that second wild card spot there is a look at your mlb standings as we sit here on tuesday september the 7th all right let's take a time out when we return you're going to really enjoy the chat with Corey miller former south carolina great new york giant the father of christian miller alabama to carolina panthers and now is cut and now is on the steelers practice squad oh really yeah uh but uh he will give his thoughts on south carolina's week one win and also his thoughts on ecu and south carolina coming up this saturday noon at dowdy ficklin stadium we'll take a time out come back and have more for you on pirate radio live Corey miller joins us after this listening to hour one of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by university pc care your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs visit universitypccare.com to learn more today now back to the show welcome back you've worked hard to start your business and are working even harder to make it successful and that's why it's important to have a bank in your corner when you need them as the business world throws you curveballs select bank and trust is here to be responsive to your needs Select Bank's team of local bankers can make local decisions and cares about you, the customer. Get the business services that are right for your business today with Select Bank and Trust. Bank local, bank select. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Baron. Alrighty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Just saw a, um, a tweet about, I guess, Paul Pierce is leaving uh, ESPN. No longer with ESPN. I think he was fired. Uh, oh yeah he did some kind of like video that snuck out where he was with some uh scantily clad women maybe some entertainers but anyway he uh he had a great tweet or a great uh quote in a sports illustrated article i guess he said quote i was done with them anyway it wasn't a great fit there's a lot of stuff over there that you can't say 
and you have to talk about LeBron all the time, end quote. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which is like, well, yeah, that's absolutely true. And we heard somebody on the inside say it, and they do compare, like, any story, like Jets and Panthers uh, coming up this this Sunday. How many catches would LeBron have if he was playing in this game? ESPN poll. Browns and Chiefs. Man, could you imagine if the Akron guy, LeBron James, played for the hometown team, Browns? How many catches and touchdowns would he have? We'll have a halftime interview with Colts legend Edger and James. And speaking of James, LeBron James and the Lakers open up their season in four months against the Houston Rockets on ESPN. So, yeah, I think Paul Pierce is uh, absolutely correct on that. All right, let's, uh, let's talk some Pirates football and some Gamecocks football as ECU will take on South Carolina coming up Saturday noon at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And fired up to talk to Corey Miller on the Fixed NC live line. Get him back here on Pirate Radio. Corey, uh, thank you for a few minutes of your time. How you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. It's uh, a blessing to be with. It's been a while. It's been a while, so uh, hear your voice and to hear Pirate Radio again, man. Uh, music to my ears but everything is well hope all is well with you guys yes sir it is great to hear from you we've had you on pirate radio before but also you may remember Corey's voice from uh prime time with the pac-man you did some spots there back in the day really fun show with uh mark packer and the guys i was thinking about this too Corey. i, I i'm a washington fan i remember you from your days with the giants uh, but it, it made me think about Robert Jones, former East Carolina great, uh, Cowboys Super Bowl champion. For a certain age group, he's known as Zay Jones's dad. Of course, Zay uh, set some records here now with the Raiders. For a certain age group, are you known as Christian Miller's dad uh, instead of Corey Miller? Absolutely. <laughs> away for what seven years now, I guess. God, time slide the whole time in Alabama, and then. Panthers and now Steelers. I mean, so yeah, I'm Christian Miller's father. You know what? I love it. I love being just that. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Talking to Corey Miller at Pastor of Pain on Twitter. You can give him a follow uh, as he's talking football and talking Gamecocks football. And it looks like a successful debut for Shane Beamer. Uh, folks fired up after that win over Eastern Illinois, Corey? Yeah, you know, he has done a great job of coming to South Carolina, coming to Columbia and energizing this fan base and giving them some hope and excitement. Uh, you know, we we hear the word culture uh, a lot, changing the culture. And then to go out uh, his first game, his first outing with his father uh, in attendance and all of his family to go and shut out Eastern Illinois 46 to nothing. The fans, excuse me, the fans are, are really ecstatic about that. But, you know, you know, I'm a realist. We all are realists. That was a bad football team that they played. But they did what good teams do to bad teams, right? They beat them up, beat them down, and, they did just that, pitched a shutout. Offense looked uh, decent after going, you know, into this game with a graduate assistant as your starting quarterback due to the injury of Luke Doty. Uh, but I thought they played well. They flew around. The crowd was great. Uh, so definitely a good start for Shane Beamer. And Shane Beamer, uh, not going to say who's going to be the starter this week. He said earlier uh, this week during a teleconference, Corey, and uh, he, he's not going to tip his uh, hand there for Mike Houston to know who will be starting a QB. But, uh, heck, after last week with, with the grad assistant he talked about playing with Zeb Nolan, looks like you got some pretty good options there if Doty is healthy or, or even if he's not. Yeah, I mean, because really, you know, Zeb Nolan outing was great and had four passing touchdowns, but not a ton of passing yards. You know, the bulk of his offense came from running the football. They're loaded at running back. I mean, they got three, four really good. I, I think they're all going to be NFL 
running backs, a veteran offensive line. And I think that's going to really be their bread and butter throughout this season, being able to run the football. Now, I know uh, most defense is probably going to stack the box and try to take away that run and uh, and make Zeb Nolan and or Luke Doty beat him through the air. But but I was excited about how they ran the football, the physicality of those backs, uh, utilizing the tight ends as well. And, uh, you know, that was good. I, I still not have seen enough yet just what this guy can do through the air uh, when facing a you know very viable opponent. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, we just got a small sample size against a bad football team, but they, they did what they supposed to do and really ran them out of the, the uh, arena on Saturday. So we'll see if that can continue uh, for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Corey Miller joining us. Corey, you can say the same for the defensive side of the ball. You don't know exactly what you got yet, but against a, a not-so-great opponent, 109 total yards allowed. Who are the heroes on the defensive side of the ball for the Gamecocks? I think your defensive line, your linebacks, I mean, they fly around. I've been out of practices in the, you know, this summer. I love what Coach White brings to the table. I mean, these guys are aggressive. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to they're going to dictate the tempo. They're going to dictate what happens. You know, they're not going to allow sit back and allow offenses uh, to dictate what they do. They bring the fight to you. I like that. I think all of those guys uh, did a great job. The secondary guys, you know, was was great in coverage. They created turnovers. They pride themselves on doing just that, creating turnovers. Uh, they have a certain number per game that they want to get to. Uh, then you get a guy like Jordan Birch, a defensive end from here in Columbia, from Hammond School, uh, you know, drops back in a zone dog and picks off a pass and takes it to the house, showing his athleticism and speed. So, you know, I think overall, I, I love this defense. I really do. And I love the scheme in which they play. Uh, it's not sit back. It's not read and react. It's we're coming at you. We're going we're gonna to dictate what you do based on how aggressive we are. So, uh, you know, that can be good sometimes. That can bite you sometimes if you got an offense that's got some big-time playmakers. So we'll see. I think this week's game will, will open up some uh, some challenges, and we just have to wait and see. Corey, uh, yeah, I don't know how much you look at point spreads as a, a former player, but uh, were you surprised at all that East Carolina was favored uh, slightly in this football game when that number came out? Yeah, a little bit. Now, you know, just listen to the local talk radio. Folks are like, are you kidding me? <laughs> up in Charlotte against App State, you know, uh, and South Carolina blows out their opponent. And, but, again, when you look at the people who think uh, what they think about South Carolina's football team, is still not very good. I mean, let's just be honest. I, the team that they played was pretty horrific. I mean, this was a bad football team, Eastern Illinois. I mean, the Gamecocks were favored by 40-something points. Right. You know, here's a two-win team last season. They still have a lot of question marks. And I think it's fair, uh, being that you got to travel, you got to go up to Greenville. You, you're talking about a 50,000-seat stadium. They got a great atmosphere up there. This is a big-time opponent coming in their backyard. They're coming off a tough loss in Charlotte against App State. But, you know, they have pieces. I mean, the defense didn't show up for East Carolina, but they got pieces offensively. They got speed. Uh, so, this is going to be a challenge. I mean, for me, I circled this game. I, this, is to me, is a barometer game for South Carolina because I think we're going to find out really who they are because they're going to face some adversity for the first time this year. They're going to face some challenges uh, from East Carolina on the road. You know, how do they handle that? And you got – uh, you know, uh, Zeb Nolan and Luke Doty, you know, will he be healthy? Will Zeb, if he's playing, will he handle the, the noise up there? So we're going to see. I, I got this game circled, but I'm not, to answer your question, I am not surprised at the end of the day that 
they are favored. I mean, you look at the games last week, you go, well, South Carolina should be. But at the same time, I think East Carolina is better than what they showed against App State. And maybe South Carolina may not be as good uh, as to what they showed against Eastern Illinois. So that's kind of what I think the odds makers are looking at. Yes, sir. Good breakdown from Corey Miller joining us on the Fixed NC Live line today on Pirate Radio Live. It'll be the Pirates and Gamecocks coming up noon Saturday, ESPN2. If you can't make it to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, our pregame coverage begins 8 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll be talking to Tommy Suggs. Uh, getting a South Carolina report on our pregame show. Uh, Corey, how much, uh, I guess now that your son, uh, Christian, is not at Alabama anymore, how much do you do you keep up with the Tide? Are you, uh, you, you know, you're all Gamecock, I'm sure, but, man, they put it on Miami on Saturday. Well, you know, I'm always going to be a Gamecock, even while Christian was there. You know, my heart is always, and I like to call the real Carolina, not the powder blue Carolina, but, you know, I'm still a fan. I always will be a fan of Alabama. I mean, as a former player, you know, who played a lot of years of football, you know, I've never understood the fan experience until my son went to college and I had to become a fan. So I am a fan of Alabama. I am. I'm alumni of South Carolina. I pull for them. They're my first love. But I'm a fan. I keep up with the players. I know a lot of the players still. Of course, I know Coach Saban. I know a lot of the folks that work there, the coaching staff, you know, so – so I wore two jerseys even on Saturday, Gamecocks, which is my first love, and the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, they just restock and reload. They, they, they're the only team in America that can lose four first-rounders, a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, the offensive line won an award. You got the best wide receiver. You got the best running back. You got coaches of the year. They got two new coordinators. Matter of fact, two NFL head coaches that's on the staff. I mean – but they just restock and reload. And so what I saw against uh, Miami and Atlanta on Saturday, I was not surprised. And a lot of people, every year they go, man, they lost this, they lost that, and they lost the third. But Alabama is Alabama. And as long as that guy, Nick Saban, comes <laughs> up in that parking space right in front of the facilities every morning with that nice S600 Mercedes Benz that says Nick Saban, and he walks in that facility, they're going to be tough to deal with. I mean, just think about how hard that is, right? I mean, to lose players like that every single year. I mean, 10, 11 NFL guys, you know you're going to lose coaches that go take head coaching jobs. You know you're going to lose, you know, position coaches. And and they just continue to do it. I mean, that's why Nick Saban is the greatest. I mean, I know the championships, yes, but to be able to do that year in and year out and have this type of success, man, it's just amazing to watch. It's pretty incredible. I sat there watching it thinking, man, I'm tired of Alabama being so good, but at the same time, it is fun to watch them play football. It is aesthetically pleasing on the eyes to see how well they execute and play the game. Uh, Corey, and and here's one for you. You've seen the SEC expand over your time you know with missouri and a&m but the addition of texas and oklahoma incoming to the southeastern conference what was your uh first take when you heard that Corey? you know i love it i mean you just you add two historically really good football programs to a historically great conference you know they are the mac daddy of college football the sec uh and now you add two uh big name programs oklahoma who's been in the playoffs uh, several times. Texas has been struggling, but now they got Steve Sarkeesian there. And they're going to be on the up and coming, but Texas still is a big brand, recognizable brand. So it just makes the conference that's already great, greater. Um, but does it make it harder? Yes. Because you're going to have to, down the road, play Oklahoma on your schedule. You're going to have to play a Texas on your schedule. 
I mean, hook them horns. I mean, think <laughs> about this, man. It's great. I mean, it's great. So I don't know what these other conferences are going to do. I know they got the alliance that just confused all of us, I believe, and what they're doing. No sign contract. We're going to we're gonna you know, play each other. But then you look at the schedule a couple years down the road, you get LSU playing some of these other teams. So I'm like, what in the world is happening there? But right now, man, to add those two teams uh, to your conference down the road, you know, we know what it's about at the end of the day. It's the Benjamins. Right? Yeah. So it just brings more Benjamins, more TV rights, more TV coverages, more money uh, to the SEC. And they just be or continue, I should say, just to get stronger. Corey Miller joining us at Pastor of Pain on Twitter. Corey, while I got you here, let me ask you a few NFL questions. And let's not let's not talk about what the record was or how ugly it was. The Washington football team were NFC East champions last year, Corey Miller. Uh, they will try to repeat this year uh, against your G-men, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. It was some ugly football in that division last year, Corey. What do you think about the East this year? You know, I played in that division for a lot of years. And when I played, it was called the NFC Beast. Yes, sir. Now folks are calling that the NFC Least, <laughs> which I don't like. Uh, but, you know, listen, the Washington football team, I'm a fan of. You know why? Because Ron Rivera drafted my son, and I love Ron Rivera as a football coach and what he stands for and what he's about. You know what else I love about the Washington football team is that defense. Yeah. And defense still wins championships. I mean, then because they're so good defensively, I know, uh, you know, you look at the quarterback and you go, oh, uh, you know, Fitz Magic, ah, this guy done been to 18 teams. <laughs> you know, can he do it? They got a nice running game. They got nice receivers. He's a guy that's serviceable. Listen, I like him. I really do. Uh, you know, the Giants, I have no idea what they're doing. Daniel Jones is up and down. We don't know the defense is going to get any better. Uh, Dallas is always, uh, you know, they'll find some kind of way to mess it up. I think that the Dallas Cowboys as a whole might be the most talented. You know, as, as Dak comes back and Zeke, you know, lost weight. He's, he's trying to look good if the defense can play better, you know, get rid of Mike Nolan, and they're doing something different defensively, which I think if they can get better, they're going to be, be tough to beat. But I'm going to stick with the football team. Your team, buddy. Yes, sir. Football That's... team. That's what I like to hear, although I don't like all these people picking them. Now they're definitely going to screw it up somehow, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> they got they out speaking of Bama. They loaded with Bama boys. Yes, sir. I love Deron Payne and uh, Allen and all those guys. Uh, Corey Miller joining us. Corey, the NFL is designed for the worst teams to get better in a hurry. Having said that, and, and it, it's so hard to repeat as champions, it is so crazy to see the Bucks returning with literally everybody that they had on their championship team. I don't know who's cooking the books over there or how they're working these contracts, but, man, they got the same team they had last year, and I guess that's why they're the favorite uh, along with the Chiefs. I still like the Chiefs. and You know, listen, it's hard to repeat. Now, I think Tom Brady did it with the Patriots years back, and then before that, it's been a lot of years, right? I mean, because – regardless of the, the, the players and, and everybody that they have returning, we know one thing. The NFL, I mean, you know, injuries, and now we've got the COVID situation. Yeah. The guys can miss games. And every week to week, things are going to change. As talented as they are, as great as Tom Brady is, I will have a hard time picking Tampa Bay to win back-to-back. I really do. I, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be in the mix. I really do. I, I think – Watch a team like the Cleveland Browns. I think can sneak up and be really good. I think Seattle's going to bounce back. 49ers, you know, they they got some good things working out there. But, listen, I, I just think 
that going back to back is just so difficult and everything, as they say, the stars got to line up perfectly. It, it's just, I just don't see it happening. I mean, you know, one play, you might lose Brady. You, you might lose this guy to COVID one week or this group can't play. I mean, so and that could be a difference in where you see it in the playoffs. So, so many things got to happen. But I, I'm going to err on the side of somebody else. My overall favorite would be Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs, I think is the best football team in all the, the National Football League. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, they've been back a couple of times, but but they're just that good. But I, I don't see Tampa. I know people are saying everybody's back, and I don't see that. I think they'll find some some pushback from New Orleans. I think Jameis Winston is going to be a much different quarterback. People keep talking about a 30 for 30. The interception, <laughs> the back in Tampa, but a totally different offense with Sean Payton. You know, he, he's he's matured. He sat back and watched Drew Brees. He went to school, school of Brees. I think he's going to be better. So watch out for the New Orleans Saints in that conference as well. I think they'll battle. Uh, Tampa uh, for the NFC South. Man, it's awesome to hear Corey Miller talking football on Pirate Radio again. Corey, are you uh, you doing any media, doing any shows these days? What do you do outside of uh, watching uh, football? Well, you know, I'm in back in the ministry full-time. I do a lot with men's ministry and mentoring athletes, college uh, and high school. I work at an all-black school here in Columbia as a, a character coach at Allen University. Uh, you know, restart their football program, so I'm just kind of volunteering there. I'm doing some stuff at South Carolina. But uh, next week, I suppose to be next week or the following week, uh, on a gospel station here in town, they wanted to do some sports talk and, and wanted me to, to start the Corey Miller show. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, man. It's awesome. To have you on. That's going to happen in the next week or two. I'll be back on the airwaves. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's great stuff. Corey, uh, man, like I said, great to hear your voice uh, once again and talk some football with you. We uh, really appreciate your time. And uh, nothing but the best for you, Corey. Always enjoyed uh, hearing you back in the day and great to catch up with you today. We'll do it again down the road sometime. Let me know. For all my power fans out there from back in the days on the Packer R. What a way to wrap it up with Corey Miller giving us the arg there. And uh, that talk there made me miss primetime with the Pac-Man. Probably one of my, I don't know, maybe the uh, the favorite non-Pirate Radio, non-in-house show that we've ever had here on Pirate Radio with uh, Cornbread Maxwell and uh, all the other greats, uh, great uh, players and Really great sound bites that Mark Packer would line up day in, day out to have on his show. He The Southern Fried Football Tour, that was a lot of fun. And during football season, it didn't get any better than uh, primetime with the Pac-Man. Would also uh, had a bit about how bad the Bobcats were back in the day. Uh, and now the Hornets are a little better. But, man, uh, that was great catching up with Corey Miller there. And... He said he was surprised at the line from ECU and and Eastern Illinois, but reiterated time and time again just how bad South Carolina's week one opponent is. So we still don't fully know what South Carolina is uh, so far through this 2021 season. And he called it a uh, a barometer game, a kind of a um, measuring stick game for Shane Beamer in year one there at South Carolina when they take on the Pirates coming up this saturday all right let's get a break in we will come back when we return uh we will wrap up hour number one of the program we got we got some funny audio to get to uh we have some mike houston serious audio to get to but there was a lot going on around the press conference and interviews today 
if you've seen our fernando fry video we've posted on social media you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about and if you've watched the uh, mike houston press conference in its entirety you also know what i'm talking about malcolm gray telling people to be quiet during the press conference be quiet, please. thank you <laughs> we got that too <laughs> thank you shirley now anytime somebody's talking and i'm ready for them to shut up i can just hit can be quiet please thank you I have a feeling I'm going to utilize that a lot in the fifth quarter. Can you be quiet, please? <laughs> Thank you. Bring your sissy, sissy purple shirt over here. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. What? I love how he's being polite about it, too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What did that piece of audio come from? Well, we'll find out uh, in a little later on on today's show, as it was during Mike Houston's press conference. We got that. We got Jeff Charles yelling out wrestlers' names during interviews. And more on the way on Pirate Radio Live. Fun Tuesday show rolls on after this. Rick Flair! You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year. And they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. I'll set back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. All right, back with you on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We got to wrap up this hour with something. Might as well just hit it right now. I wanted to wait till Igo was here since he was a part of it, but I just, I can't. We got to get this we out We can there. always play it again, right? Oh, we're going to play it a lot. We got so much. We got to play Malcolm Gray telling people to uh, be quiet. Uh, we got to play that over. Be quiet, please. Thank you. We had that from the press conference today, but also this, uh, as all of this is available, we got comments from Miles Berry, John Young, uh, Tyler Sneed, and also um fernando fry that video is available for you at our social media sites and you can watch it in its entirety on youtube but uh i was gonna say clip <laughs> as as we came back to break as shirley was doing the live read we should have just started naming random like former pirates or like wrestlers or something like that and see if she can stay the course earthquake <laughs> <laughs> all right so this is fernando fry uh with the media scrum and i guess um there is something going on uh, a few feet away maybe a video or something you'll see ecu related that jeff charles was doing <laughs> should we ask jeff about this tomorrow yes we, yes. we absolutely show? need to ask him oh well, boy uh, <laughs> brian Medor wanted me to do a bit and i was not a i was not aware that fernando fry and the media were behind me so I just started yelling out Ric Flair. All right, let's hear it. This is uh, Fernando Fry's interview earlier today. I believe Stephen Igo asking the first question. Here we go. How you doing? Yeah, doing good. 
Fernando, when you guys rewatched the app game, kind of what were the, the big takeaways for the offense? Um, <laughs> I mean, I think we left a lot out there. All right, we got to uh, start over. A lot of the, the timing of the question being done and then that moment of silence before Fernando Fry talks as Jeff Charles yelling out, Rick Flair! Woo! And Fernando keeps going. Yeah. yeah it's that's almost the, like that's he didn't the thing, hear that's it. The, thing that's most impressive like a good offensive lineman right you gotta you focus Focus. on your task yes and the snap you don't false start don't you know you you focus on the technique you know pay attention to the shifts for the defensive line oh man all right let's hit it again from the top okay Fernando, when you guys rewatched the app game, kind of what were the, the big takeaways for the offense? Rick Flair! Um, I mean, I think we left a lot out there. Uh, there's a lot of corrections that need to be made. Um, I think what it came down to is that we need all 11 to be on the same page. And we had too many mistakes on our part. That really was a downfall for us on the state game. When you, you know, talking to Coach Houston, he mentioned, I guess, the blitz pickups. It was kind of one guy here or there. It wasn't like the same guy every time. So, how, like you kind of mentioned there, but how important is it to to have those small mistakes wiped out? Great player. One person messes up anywhere on the field, it causes a chain reaction. I think they should do this in practice now when the so, offensive line is I mean, practicing, you know, don't jump, uh, don't fall start. The guy. Just have instead Jeff of Charles, crowd noise, like you have holding over there taking like signals from the sideline. Rick Flair, Rick Flair, Rick Flair. Cody Rhodes, Rick Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Rowdy Roddy Piper. It's still happening in the background. My ten other teammates. <laughs> How well do you feel like East Carolina matches up with? And now South a Mark Lindsay question with Jeff Charles naming wrestlers in the background. Um, we just got to come out and play our game and do our things fundamentally. And, we'll see uh, if there's one more. I think we can go toe-to-toe with anybody. Is there any extra motivation playing an SEC team, or you just ignore that? Holy crap. That's, that's number four. Uh, we just need what? to keep developing. One of the greatest all-time interviews. In I like how it goes down, history. though. He started off with Ric Flair. Then he went, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, bring it, in, bring it down a notch, voice. Hold on, let me see. How you important is, okay. I guess, practice this week? Oh! They told him to go back up. Well, um, I didn't call up. So, there's going to be mistakes. Rest in peace. What we have to do this week, and what's important about this week, and is important about every week and every practice, is that we got to go back, review those mistakes, and correct them. And Fernando Fry is still going. The consummate professional. Awesome stuff. You guys got off to a fast start against Appalachian State. Did you get the sense that it was a very winnable game? Do we get another at one? That point? Please. Yes, I think any game we walk into is winnable. How, you know, with, with Avery, how do you think he did first time playing center? I, mean, I know you've obviously got a lot of experience there just from what you could tell when you were in the game or out of the game. I thought he did a very good job communicating. Um, he's very athletic for a big guy. I'm thinking they and might have been done by this point. Here's the question. And, um, Where was Malcolm Gray? I, I like <laughs> <laughs> can we get some Malcolm? Malcolm, can you tell these guys to shut up, please? Oh, yeah, sure. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. What a day of interviews over at uh, the Tone Bank Tower. This is why the tower was built, people. For everybody, it's huge. Everybody complaining about, 
you know, we shouldn't have spent that money on the Town Bank Tower. If we did not spend all that money on that beautiful Town Bank Tower, moments like this would have never happened. Ugh. And I got to say, this makes it all worth it. Every penny. Can you be quiet, please? <laughs> Thank you. Well, Rick Flair! We'll find out where the can you be quiet, please uh, came from uh, in our next segment when we'll hear the Mike Houston comments from earlier today. Shirley, we'll take a break, but one more time, can we hear uh, the beginning of that Fernando Fry interview? Yeah, just, just, just for me. This one, yeah, That one was for you. This one's for me. Okay, hang on. Uh, all right. Fernando, when you guys rewatched the app game, kind of what were the, the big takeaways for the offense? Rick Flair! Can you be quiet, please? <laughs> well done charlie <laughs> we'll mix in malcolm gray to everything now so that was fernando fry along with jeff charles saying rick flair i, I will hand it to him For, fernando never flinched never blinked oh he's a lot more mature. was he talking about the look-alike rick flair at the game thursday night little, little nate hey are you tuned in little nate is well, jeff talking about you <laughs> Uh, no, Fernando's way more mature, way more professional than I am. If I was there, Glenn was there, Igo was there, we'll get their thoughts on it, but I would have absolutely lost it. Oh, I would have lost it completely. So I would have said, Fernando, what's your take on Ric Flair? <laughs> was that him in that picture on that plane? <laughs> and, 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 and is Jeff's impersonation of the woo accurate? Glenn, what was it like? I got to tell you. That was one of the more interesting environments I've ever been in. Uh, both Igo and I looked over towards Medor as this was happening. <laughs> and we've all got face masks on, so you really can't, like, mouth something at somebody. So it's you, you're trying to do these things with body language. So I'm, like, trying to give, like, hand signals, like, you know, what's the deal? Uh, can we not do this right now? Uh, we're trying to do fly, something. <laughs> uh, without saying that, you know. Uh, but the the voice was in the zone, baby, and he was not stopping. Oh, he and neither was, was Fernando Fry. <laughs> no, Fernando was. is calm under pressure. It was like a staring contest. Nobody wanted to. Nobody flinched. Chicken fight. No. Mm. Game of chicken. Whatever. Chicken fight would be in the water. A game of chicken would be the cars C- going, going towards each, each other. other. Yes. We had a game of chicken going on. Rick Flair. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Thank you. We'll uh, hear from Mike Houston. We'll find out why Malcolm Gray said that. Also, a random yo from Brian Bailey, I believe, mixed in there, too. We'll hear that. What a weird day it was and a wild show we have on Pirate Radio Live. More to go after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility. Brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. 
Greenville Auto World across from Speedway at Bell's Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their uh, sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. We've got Jeff Nadeau coming up in a few minutes. we got Stephen Igo joining us this hour as well. We'll open up the booty bag coming up a lot more on our Bud Light ECU report in hour three of the show with Igo. And uh, got a little bit of our Bud Light ECU report coming your way right now as we'll hear what the head coach of the Pirates, Mike Houston, had to say earlier today at his weekly press conference looking back at App State looking forward to South Carolina. And here were his opening comments today. Yeah, obviously, you know, first press conference since uh, our game last Thursday night. And, um, you know, our players are disappointed in the outcome. Uh, but what a, what a great setting to uh, kick off the season. I just thought, uh, you know, being able to play in Bank of America Stadium in front of a crowd uh, like that, um, you know, a lot of uh, enthusiastic pirates down there along with the Appalachian State faithful. And uh, it was just a great stage. And it's, it's great to have fans back in the stands. And so, uh, you know, just a, uh, a very, you know, electric environment to uh, start the season off in. Our kids, uh, you know, went into the game expecting to win. And, uh, you know, so anytime you, uh, you know, go in and you put that much into it, you're disappointed if the outcome doesn't go your way. But, you know, so much for us to build on from that game and, uh, you know, lots of positives and uh, lots of things we, we need to do better. So, um, you know, hats off, like I said, last Thursday night, uh, I just thought, you know, Appalachian State is a very, very good football team, and uh, they look like the experienced veteran crew that they are, and um, I would expect them to go on and have a great year. So we, uh, you know, we're excited on growing from that experience uh, and excited about the matchup this weekend uh, back in Daddy Ficklin with uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks. And it's going to be great to be back at home. It's going to be great to have our fans back in the stands. Um, you know, you think, you know, I, my first year, uh, two years ago, um, you know, got to experience, uh, you know, game day here. And, um, you know, I just completely, you know, missed it last year. You know, it was just, just such a, a weird kind of uh, deal, just playing in empty stadiums. And so it's going to be so exciting to, uh, to have the Pirate Walk back. Pirate Walk will be at 930 uh, Saturday morning. Uh, excited to see our fans out for that, tailgating. Uh, you know, doing uh, what, uh, you know, is the norm around here and, you know, really looking forward to, uh, you know, a very uh, loud and boisterous uh, Daddy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. All right, South Carolina comes in 1-0, and beat a bad FCS team in Eastern Illinois. Corey Miller talked about that in hour number one of today's program. Mike Houston gave his thoughts on what he uh, sees from the Gamecocks. Well, I think size and athleticism. I mean, it's their, their fronts, um, you know, Big and athletic up front on both sides of the football. Uh, you know they have they have you know very good athletes at all the stand up skill positions on on uh, offense and defense. And you know they they did not have Harris last Saturday night. He'll he'll play against us this Saturday, and he was uh, I think the leading rusher in the Southeastern Conference last year. So obviously you know a, a you know a great offensive player there. So um, you know their their personnel is is very good and. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it was a good showing by them last Saturday night. You know, they had a, a game where they were able to work out some kinks and, uh, you know, uh, have, a, have a successful start. And so I know that they'll be excited for this game this Saturday. All right, there is Mike Houston. He gave uh, some not-so-good news today, an update on East Carolina offensive tackle Bailey Malovic and his injury situation. Well, unfortunately, Bailey's going to miss the rest of the year, and it's, you know, I, I hate it, and it's, 
it was a it was a freak deal too. I mean, it's one of those. It, it wasn't a contact play. You know, he got just twisted a little bit, um, but he'll have surgery here in the coming weeks. And uh, you know, the good thing with Bailey, he's worked so hard to develop his body. Um, you know, he'll he'll make a he'll make a good recovery. And uh, you know, we want to support him uh, through that. But uh, you know, he's still got some time left in his career here, so uh, just have to get him back uh, back healthy for next year. But. Um, you know, the fortunate thing is, you know, Noah Henderson, who's worked very, very hard to come back from injury after missing all of last year, uh, I thought he stepped in and played very well uh, in, in, in Bailey's absence. And I think it's, you know, with Noah, he's going to continue to improve just because the only, the only issues with him is just rust, you know, you know, not playing for, you know, a year and a half, two years. So, uh, you know, he, he played very well for us in 2019. So, um, I think he can return to that form, and so uh, you know you got some other guys who have to step up, you know. Uh, but you know they got those guys have experience. Whether it's Walt Stribling or, or Rob Vanderlin, uh, you know those guys will be you know in the, in the rotation now. Well, here we are again, second straight season. East Carolina has lost a starting tackle in Week One. Last year it was Deontay Smith who was good enough to be drafted and will be on the Bengals opening day roster and might get in the game coming up Sunday in the Bengals opener. And this year, it's Bailey Malavik. The only difference is last year, Noah Henderson was not available at tackle all season. This year, he is. So hopefully, he can get back in uh, his spot and play as he did in 2019 before his injury all right let's um brian bailey asked if we uh will expect to see a lot of blitzing this week from south carolina i believe this is where we hear malcolm gray let's hear it Shirley. well i would i would expect to see that uh you know pretty regularly it's um i thought app did a great job of mixing up uh pressure and playing coverage uh so uh you know i thought that was Yeah, we need to... Oh, hey, can you be quiet, please? Thank you. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, I guess everybody didn't get the memo. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought App did a good job mixing up, you know, playing coverage and pressure. Uh, you know, South Carolina, Clayton White, uh, the defense coordinator at South Carolina, did a great job at Western Kentucky, uh, and he's got a great scheme. So I, I do expect to see a good bit of pressure this week. Yo! Let's hear the Brian Bailey yo again before the Malcolm Gray. Can you be quiet, please? It's a pretty good. Well, yo. I would I would expect to see that uh, you know pretty regularly. It's starting um, to hear the noise pick up. Great some. job of mixing up uh, pressure and playing coverage. Uh, Houston so, trying to stay uh, you know, focused. I that was. <laughs> yeah, we need. Yo, no! can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Yo. Good yo from Brian Bailey there. Yo! Yo! Followed up with the Malcolm Gray. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. <laughs> what a weird day over at Toon Bank Terrace. Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Fernanda. I, I got to hear that again now, Shirley. We, we're going to take a break here anyway, so let's oh, hear. Hold on. Let me pull it back up. Yeah, we got to hear Fernando Fry, and uh, he's doing his interview. Bailey's yoing. Jeff Charles is wooing. <laughs> Malcolm Gray's telling people to be quiet. All of this happened earlier today. Guys, we watched the app game. Kind of over the, the big takeaways for the offense. Rick Flair! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could ever hear that without Thank laughing. 
and we'll hear that more when i goes here so we got to get his first hand account on uh on that interview <laughs> rick, rick flair <laughs> all right Dusty let's, Rose. let's take a time out we'll come back and we will hear from the big man on campus jeff nadu he had a great week one picking games we'll uh take a look at week two what he likes We'll probably save most of our NFL chat for Thursday. We might dive into that uh, some, but a lot of college football talk, including East Carolina, South Carolina, App State, Miami. I'll ask him about NC State, Mississippi State, and some other action going on week two of the college football season. We'll take a timeout, come back. Jeff Nadeau joins us after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more is Signs and Tint. Be sure to stop by their office at 801 Staten Road in Greenville, or you can book an appointment online at signsandtent.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff Brock. All right. Uh, just saw this on Twitter. It comes from an account called Recruiting Analytics. It says, a sports tech and data company reviewing how the sports industry identifies and evaluates talent using our patent-pending AI-powered player tracking technology. It's a lot of words. Tough to say. Uh, But either way, they had their top five max speeds of the week of all college football players. I got to guess who's up there. Number five is Anthony Richardson, quarterback at Florida. Hmm. Number four. Train to go. Running back, Texas A&M. I don't know if the player's name, judging by their Twitter profile. Number three. Ty- Rick Flair. Ty- Rick Flair. Tyler Goodson, Iowa running back. Number two, J-Mo. Biggs G. Jamo, Alabama wide receiver. The only one I know is uh, Michi off the top of my head. I don't know who that is. Number one. Keaton Mitchell. I knew it. 22.6 miles per hour, his top speed. Uh, that touchdown catch and run against Appalachian State. So I found that interesting. All right, let's uh, talk about that game and more on the Fixed NC Live line. Now joining us is the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, after a strong week one. We'll see what he's got uh, in store for week two. Big man, how you doing today? Pretty good, Clip. How are you? Doing great. Uh, good start to the season for you, big man. Uh, that concluded last night uh, with Ole Miss stomping Louisville in Atlanta, uh, capping off what was a uh, really good week one for you, right? Yeah, I had a great week one. Seven and one. Uh, only loss was uh, Georgia Tech. I was very happy with it. You know, Clip. But again, I, I don't. I don't put too much stock into what you do the first week. I mean, it, it's. You know, you always look back on a year. I mean, you're not going to remember one or two weeks. So it's just about consistency, putting out the same stuff week after week, and good things will happen. 
We'll talk. Uh, we might talk a little NFL at the end of this segment. We definitely will Thursday when you join us, Jeff. But we'll try to uh, stick mostly to college today. And let's start with East Carolina. They lose their opener to Appalachian State, thirty-three to nineteen. We can look back, but Jeff, were, how, were you shocked when you saw the line for ECU South Carolina? The Pirates a favorite this weekend at home against the Gamecocks. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, I was. I mean, I, I don't really know what, and in all due respect, I don't know what ECU's done to, to warrant being a favorite in, in any game, frankly. Obviously, especially against a, a team. Look, I know, you know, South Carolina is not a, a good football team, but they are an SEC team, and they are a team that has talent. So I, I'm a little blown away at that. As far as, you know, as far as ECU, I mean, it, and, you know, I listened to some of your, your call-in show after the fact. I mean, you know, it seems just like the same problems with ECU. I, I don't know why it's so difficult. Um, they're just not very good in the trenches. They don't have good offensive linemen. Uh, the defensive line seems to be kind of overpowered. Uh, defensively, they're, they're just, they don't get enough stops. Um, you know, it's a shame because they have some good skill position players. They just they kind of shoot themselves in the foot. And you're not going to win consistently in college football uh, if you don't do well in the trenches. And that's something that, that ECU just has problems with. And um, you know, you can't make those same mistakes year in after year. It's tough to see. We talked to uh, Corey Miller, former South Carolina Gamecock, New York Giant, a moment ago, and he continued to reiterate how bad Eastern Illinois is. And uh, he says the folks in South Carolina were happy about Shane Beamer's debut, but they still don't know what they have. He said this is a measuring stick game for Shane Beamer in year one, taking on East Carolina. Well, so. I, I'm interested to see, you know, I, I I was surprised at first, Jeff. I thought I still thought ECU would be able to bounce back week two and then maybe beat the Gamecocks, but I never thought they'd be a favorite in the game. I, I think, um, you know, when you look at kind of where they are, I mean, they, they had some real issues at quarterback just with, I mean, they had to bring in, I mean, Zeb Nolan was, was on the street a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he comes in and, and, you know, he didn't have to do a whole lot. I mean, it's Eastern Illinois. But, you know, this is going to be a massive uh, upgrade as far as the team you're playing. And, look, again, while ECU isn't a great football team, um, they're, they're much better. So, yeah, I think it's a measuring, team, measuring, measuring stick for both teams. Both teams need uh, to find some success. Both teams need to win. Look, I'm going to keep going back. And, look, I, I hate to keep bringing this up, Clip, but if we can have someone in ECU that's a fan or, or someone that can answer this, Eloquently enough, I'd like to hear it. Why was Ruffin McNeil ever fired? Oh, boy. Anyone explain that to me? Yeah, we don't need to go down this road for the millionth time. It's because we had an incompetent athletic director. Jeff Comfort wanted wanted his own guy, thought Ruff wasn't winning enough, thought the program was trending down, fired him with no replacement in mind, ended up with a guy we had never heard of who Duke uh, was getting rid of, his offensive coordinator, Scotty Montgomery, and yeah it's uh and then since then you've seen the results of the last 10 years i mean i i truly enjoyed those teams back then and you know i think that's where you were gonna i mean they were making high-end uh you know all of a sudden bowls and doing some things down there i i don't understand i think it was one of the great mishaps for co- as coaching in the last 10 years and again we've rehashed this a lot but the season prior to that was the season lincoln riley went to oklahoma as offensive coordinator now with him gone ecu's offense struggled but kurt benkert who you may remember jeff from virginia pretty good quarterback now you know just got released by the packers uh got injured right before that 2015 season there's a lot of look there's like a whole domino effect for a year or two 
that kind of led us to where we are now and led to Ruffin's firing and, and all that. It's a shame. It's, it's, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully Mike Houston can find something, but it just seems like it's the same stuff week after week, and it, it's not changing. Yeah. Well, here we are in East Carolina, South Carolina, coming up noon. We'll talk to the big man sometime between 8 and noon, uh, coming up on Saturday during the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Jeff, uh, how about the opponent from Thursday night, Appalachian State, seven-point underdog against Miami. Tough to kind of see what Miami has when they take on the juggernaut that is Alabama, but what do you think about that matchup uh, down in Florida Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, obviously Miami didn't look good at all. Uh, they had trouble moving the football. Um, you know, you look at Derek King. I mean, he doesn't even throw for 200 yards. There's two picks. Um, they were just beaten on both sides of the ball pretty badly. Um, this will obviously be a bit of a reprieve. But, you know, look, I don't think anyone's going to just check mark App State. I mean, they're well coached. They've got a good quarterback, as you know. Uh, they have a good group of running backs. Peoples and Noel are terrific. Um, you know, I seems a bit low to me just kind of first glance um but you know that's going to be a tough game for miami they're gonna have to bounce right back because they're not they're not in a position where they're just kind of scheduling uh, poorly they've got to kind of wait um you know they went out and challenged themselves in their non-conference as far as at least this game and and obviously alabama and michigan state as well so you know they may i mean it's conceivable to see them lose the first two or three games i could see that i mean i could see them losing to a really solid michigan state team um, you know, they're going to have to obviously look at this at home as, as one you have to win by double digits, and they should be able to. Jeff Nadeau joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Jeff, uh, what games college football-wise uh, do you have your eye on? I know you like to look at it early. Did any stand out to you when the, the lines dropped on Sunday or, or yesterday? Yeah, a couple I played, um, Liberty and Troy over the total. Uh, I'm very high on Liberty's offense. Uh, with Malik Willis. I think he's one of the great quarterbacks nobody talks about in the country. Um, he actually wasn't that great on Saturday against Campbell, and they still won 48-7. Not that Campbell's any great shakes, but that offense wants to go quick. They want to kind of uh, have, obviously, a good run game, but they also are able to throw the football. They've got great receivers, just a great offense. I saw at times them, I think, struggle last year defensively. If you know anything about Troy, they're a team that wants to go quick as well. They have a very good quarterback in um, in Taylor Powell or Gunnar Watson, really wherever they go. I felt like 60-and-a-half was a bit low. I feel like both teams get into the 30s. I will also say Air Force plays Navy this week. And, look, while Air Force – this isn't a vintage Air Force team, you know, I, I wonder what their quarterback is. Not that they ever need a quarterback, but I think they have some real good backers, which is what you need in that triple option offense. The Naval Academy is really bad. That score against Marshall was pretty eye-opening. Yeah, they were dreadful. Uh, this is a bad Navy team. Might be the worst Navy team in a long time. Um, they don't have a, a quarterback like any anyone that they've had in the years past, whether it was Malcolm Perry or Keenan Rounds. They just don't have that type of player. They don't really have any dynamic uh, backs as well. And obviously we know all about that rivalry. It's a big one. I played six and a half. I thought it was still a bit low. I think Navy is bad. Um, I'll lean on Air Force here to kind of go on the road. This is a game that's going to mean a lot to them. This is September 11th. This is going to be a very um, kind of poignant game between these two military schools on a very important day in our country. So uh, I just think Navy is bad. Uh, I'm willing to kind of bet against them and, and just think Air Force is 10 points better. 
Game of local interest, uh, big man. NC State coming off a shutout victory over South Florida. Mississippi State had to come back uh, frantically to beat Skip Holt and Louisiana Tech on Sunday. And NC State is actually a road favorite uh, coming up Saturday night in Starkville against Mississippi State. What do you think about the Wolfpack and the uh, Bulldogs there? Yeah, I mean, week two is always about kind of and we we can we see it in week zero, and we use those teams in week one, and we say, okay, who overreacted, who underreacted? In week one, when you have all the teams, you kind of look at week two and say, okay, what was an overreaction here? I don't think there was an overreaction at NC State. I thought they were terrific. I, I thought they were great on both sides. You know, Devin Leary was awesome. And, look, Mississippi State, frankly, w- was poor. Um, they just were. Uh, they threw the football a lot, and, and they had some success. But defensively, I don't think they're very good. Um, I, I would kind of probably be looking more at a total here. Um, I think both quarterbacks are pretty dynamic. I like Will Rogers. It's clear Mississippi State wants to throw the football. He threw the football 47 times. Um, NC State has pretty good offensive play. Neither defense I love. I know NC State pitched a shutout, but South Florida is truly poor. Um, I think this one could fall into one of those first of 35 wins. Uh, I thought Austin Kendall played pretty damn well against uh, – against the Bulldogs. So I'm going to probably look towards maybe a total there. I haven't played it yet, but, um, you know, I think both teams are going to be good offensively. I don't know if I can totally trust NC State on the defensive end, um, but I sure like their offense. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, uh, I know you don't really care that there's not many headliners. I mean, the, you, you look for uh, games and spots wherever you can get them, no matter who's playing. The ABC game, Washington-Michigan, uh, at noon you've got Oregon and Ohio State. Not a ton of, uh, I guess, sexy matchups coming up on Saturday, Jeff. So maybe a good day for you uh, as you can get into the weeds on some of these uh, smaller teams. Yeah, and I think what you have to do as a gambler is you have to recognize what's going on and, and where we sit week to week. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm a square. I did pretty well this week. I don't play a lot of games. But I saw a lot of people over the last two weeks that don't win ever winning. Um, that's going to change. It wouldn't surprise me if we see a lot more dogs starting to cover this week. I think we're going to see overreactions. Look, the truth is, I don't think Michigan is as good a team as they alluded to being this week. Um, they're going to have to go forward without Ronnie Bell. That's a huge loss. He's their best receiver. He's out for the year. You know, Cade McNamara didn't really have to do a whole hell of a lot this week. You know, when you're playing a team like Western Michigan, you just won't have to do much. And look, I know people are going to root in and say, well, Washington got you know, crushed. They lost to Montana, you know. But look, the truth is Washington's a good football team. I think defensively they're going to be a real problem for Michigan. Um, I'm going to kind of be looking at maybe the Huskies in that game if I'm going to get a favorite number. I think Washington's a seven-and-a-half-point dog as far as I know. You might be able to tell me better. I might have moved. But um, I believe Washington's a dog there. Uh, let's see, Michigan and Washington Saturday night. Uh, I'll get that. Yes, yeah, well, six and a half is what I'm seeing now, Michigan. Yeah, I'm. I mean, we'll see kind of where where that ends up. I'm going to wait a little bit on that, but you know, again, I, I think Washington. You know, when, when you have a team that, when you lose the way they did, look, it's not like they played bad defensively. I mean, they just the offense just wasn't really clicking. I mean, Dylan Morris, I thought, played okay. Um, you know, but he just got to, he's got to get the, the interceptions down. They've got to work on some things. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a low-scoring game. And what do you have the total at? Uh, let's see. Total is 49. Very low. Yeah. Like NFL total. Uh, I, thought it, I got to be honest. I thought it would be a bit lower. I was thinking 46, 47. So, uh, that could be first to 20 wins. Hmm. I, I don't know if. 
you know, you look at real quick clip with Michigan. They have a new defensive coordinator, Don Brown's gone. They were really kind of all or nothing under Don Brown. They they blitzed a lot. They left their corners on an island a lot of the time, and they were susceptible. I think to the big play. I don't know if they're susceptible is enough. They're more of an all around defense. So is Washington. Uh, I, I think that's going to be first to twenty probably wins. I don't I don't like either quarterback on those teams. So. Uh, this is going to be, I think, a good old fat. It's you know kind of like the game we saw with Penn State to Wisconsin over the weekend. Jeff, uh, my apologies. I forgot to congratulate you on the biggest thing that happened this weekend, and that was Kansas knocking off South Dakota uh, State, right? <laughs> South Dakota. South Dakota. Was- so, so you got the win total. What do you need to happen the rest of the year for Kansas? I just need one more win. <laughs> uh, I'm pr- that's why I enjoyed that one. I, I didn't quite understand. I. It wouldn't surprise me if we get it by week four. I, I think David Cutcliffe, if, if they lose to Kansas, David Cutcliffe will be fired. Mm. Would be my, um, so, yeah, uh, they might be Baylor. I don't think that's out of the question. I don't think Baylor's very good either. So You got a shot here in the next two to three weeks to get that over. I was thinking about it Friday night. Was It, it was Friday or Saturday. I can't remember. But how just awesome it would be to have the over or the under. Either way, the excitement of that football game, and uh, you hit it. So congrats on that one. Yeah, it was a really fascinating week one clip. I mean, really at, at all levels. I mean, whether it's just some of the, the random FCS teams have found ways to win or teams that were just priced too high or just the fact that, I mean, does anything ever go wrong for Alabama ever? Man. It's just crazy. Every They play well. No one else played good. I, I thought, you know, it's just crazy. Uh, what, what, did, what, was Cle- what was up with Clemson? I mean, that was dreadful. I mean, that was hard to watch. A rough week for the uh, the ACC, uh, Jeff, with oh, yeah. Virginia Tech taking down North Carolina, and it capped off last night, I guess, with Louisville. Oh yeah, yeah, Scott Satterfield. I tried to argue on the show once how much uh, how good of a coach he was, and my take is not looking so hot right now. Well, look, I mean, defensively they're hard to watch, which I talked about on Pick Central when I was on there. I, it's just ugly, and look, their quarterback play sucks. I, Malik Cunningham is not any good, so I, I don't. I'm not too surprised. I don't know if it's fully Satterfield, but, yeah, I mean, he'll take the brunt of it for sure. Jeff Nadeau joining us. We will talk uh, some NFL big man. How about uh, just just one, just to kind of whet our appetites uh, a little bit. What is there a line that stood out to you week one NFL? We'll dive into more on Thursday. Yeah, obviously, you know, week one is a, a fickle thing because, for me, it, it's really about kind of going against what, what we're seeing. Obviously, you know, one that kind of stands out, I think the Buffalo Bills. I mean, now that it's down to six and a half, I, I, I'm thinking that's going to be a public side. I know it's going to be a public side. But, you know, I, I think the Steelers are, 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 you know, I think when you really peel back the onion and look at this team, I, I don't know how, how good they are. I, I mean, Ben's obviously in his last couple of years or maybe his last year. I, I don't think the receivers are that dynamic really outside of Claypool. Uh, Schmidt Schuster's not the, the, the same guy that we thought he was. Defensively, I think they're good. They're not great. I think the Bills take a step forward and get back to that defense they were in years past. And obviously, I like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Um, I kind of have my eye on that one. I'll keep saying as well, uh, a team like the Lions, uh, that one's kind of undervalued. People think the Lions are really bad, and they are, but they're a home dog. San Francisco's got to travel week one. I think San Francisco's overvalued. Um, yeah, I like the Colts as well. I'm not real high on the Seahawks either. So I'm going to kind of uh, kind of delve further in as we head towards the uh, 
Get on the end of the week. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk NFL with Big Man on Thursday. We'll talk more college football with him Saturday for a quick seven segment on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. One of Jeff's phrases that he uses: "It pays to listen." Uh, so you can hear some plays here on Pirate Radio, but also uh, you can check out Patreon.com/slash BMOC. What do uh, what will people find there, Jeff? Thank you, Clip. Yeah, you know I um you obviously content is. is- most of my life now you know i spent a lot of time with this stuff uh what we're going to do on patreon is we're going to do really in-depth uh shows content uh two football shows uh two college shows two nfl shows Serie A, college basketball stuff down the road it's really a portal for me to kind of uh bring guests on kind of put out good content and look make some money out of what i'm doing content is king now uh, you got to pay a little to to make something eventually and yeah, Patreon's kind of a great thing to do and great way to use now. So, yeah, check me out, patreon.com slash BMOC, and uh, you're going to get all great content, always detailed, as we know. Absolutely. Jeff, uh, great stuff today, man. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks, Clip. Always good hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you. The big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, will join us Thursday and uh, Saturday for a quick segment on the Bud Light pregame tailgate breaking down. Saturday's action will be with you 8 a.m. bright and early on the Bud Light pregame tailgate this Saturday. All right, let's take a time out. When we return, we'll talk to Stephen Igo from Hoist the Colors. More hijinks from earlier today at the Town Bank Tower. More Mike Houston, uh, some player cuts, and Igo's thoughts. Sorry, Malcolm. Sorry, Mom. We'll uh, get Igo's recap of last Thursday and what to expect Saturday when the Pirates take on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. More to go on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, fun Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll be with you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leading up to game day Saturday. And we're with you bright and early Saturday morning on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll start at 8 a.m., um steven Igo will be with us in studio saturday correct yes i believe so we haven't not we haven't not that's a uh double negative we have not discussed it this week but we talked about it last week good grief and i think our our uh our decision was our number three can you be quiet please <laughs> thank you now that is an epic soundbite. <laughs> uh, Ten o'clock on Saturday, we'll talk to Steven. Yeah, I'll be here from from nine fifty nine until uh, ten fifty six. All right. Yep. Well, you went from not having a clue to being super specific. I like that. 
Uh, real quick, W.J. O'Connor. What a cool name. is on Facebook. And he says, just join the broadcast. Any word from Oresco on expansion? I haven't heard anything from Oresco, Stephen Igo. I just know that it's not good for ECU. Yeah, I mean, really, what can you say at this point? <clears throat> they tried to push the narrative that the American was going to try to be the aggressor. I'm sure that was Mike Oresco, like, calling people and like, hey, we're going to make things happen. But at the end of the day, he can do all he wants. It comes down to one thing, and that is money. And the Big 12 can offer more money than the American, even in its crappy state. And therefore, even if it's only a slight upgrade in terms of money, those teams are going to take that money, and it is what it is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm focused on the season right now. I know that's that the big picture is probably more important than the small picture, which is week to week football games. But I'm. I don't even want to have the discussion on who should the AAC add. I mean, it's once more of a off season topic. I'd rather do that off season. I don't like it anyway. Uh, but at some point, we'll get to it. If like I get a lot of requests that hey, will you talk about this and talk about the candidates? okay we can go over it but right now i don't care one bit i'm i'm ready for ecu south carolina i mean i care but at the same time i'm so i don't care i literally don't care that's fine you you're, you have that right yeah i care a little bit a little bit a little bit uh and <laughs> talk a little bit about how much you care a little bit and it's a big ball game this week though so. no it's a big game i heard him say big wow. game and left out ball today and it really got me upset well it's a big ball game and it's all i don't care according because to st beamer it's the the biggest home game in ecu history he didn't say that he said from what i've been told this is the biggest ball game in ecu home history i wonder who told him that the same guy that told that boneyard guy that uh I've got a lot of hits on Twitter. I think people think I'm an idiot, which I I am. But uh, when I'm Shane Beamer's going to be fired if he <laughs> loses to East Carolina. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah, like, there's just a ton of like quote tweets and like people pick this up. Um, but some guy on Boneyard said a buddy of mine, <laughs> South Carolina diehard, says that Shane Beamer gets fired if they lose wow. on Saturday. Get fired on the field in his second yeah. game ever as head coach um but maybe that's the same guy that told shane beamer this was the biggest ecu game at home ever could be could be i mean this is a uh i'll tell you what though you listen to his press conference and i just did the the write-up on hoist the colors everything he said about ecu he made east carolina sound like the uh the second coming of alabama i mean and, and but the coach speak is one thing but he really has been a part of all those virginia tech teams and he's been to ecu so like he knows what ecu can do when it's rolling good and when's the last time he's been here i go to 20 let's see he was on the staff in 2014 when they lost to ecu at home Mm -hmm. i think in 2015 i'm not sure if he was there or not but frank beamer was the head coach then and that was the james summers game oh yeah 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 and he has been where like oklahoma he went from he was at georgia and then oklahoma yeah so, so kind of ecu's georgia, been oklahoma. out of sight out of mind yeah although his name has come up in discussions for head coach and what search was he talked to was that for the scotty montgomery search yeah the scotty montgomery in 2015 he interviewed for the ecu job and uh so look he knows a lot about east carolina 
if uh who knows if he was hired he could still be here we'll see uh i think he's uh he's a, he's a natural coach i mean there's definitely a lot of question marks for the first time head coach but if you're gonna hire a first time head coach how about you hire a guy whose last name is beamer and not the oh, offensive coordinator yeah hindsight you love scotty montgomery at the time no i i wanted shane <laughs> I beamer i'm just kidding you you really did <laughs> Yeah, I, I legitimately, mean, you are kind. Of, you've been singing his praises for a while. Yeah, I think he's going to do a good job that. there. I'm sure there'll be some growing pains. Um, but you know, I like the staff he built. the The defensive coordinator for South Carolina, Clayton Clayton White, he interviewed uh, for the ECU DC job. So, you got two coaches who interviewed for ECU jobs that are not South Carolina, which is interesting. Very interesting. Josh says. He will be uh, cooking chickens Saturday morning in Elmhurst. Yeah, that's strange to me. Eating, um, I've never had chicken before. I, like, wait, you've never had chicken before? No, it's an it's like a pet. Like, you don't eat dog, cat. Why would you eat chicken? Strange to me. I mean, what do you? Even, are you trying to make a joke? Can you be quiet, please. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're less funny than Brian Kelly. <laughs> Wait a minute. Was that supposed to be funny? I think Igo should be executed. <laughs> I'm hilarious. What is wrong with you people? You've never heard that joke before? Come oh, on. I guess y'all don't want to be funny then. Wow, you don't know humor. That whole situation was just a complete... <laughs> I can't even say the words on the radio, but... Yeah. The reaction to it, the way he tried to deliver... It was a total goat rodeo. It really was. That was good. It could be a total goat rodeo. <laughs> that you. was really good, Flip. <laughs> Thank you. It was a total goat rodeo. <laughs> it could be a total goat rodeo. <laughs> Could you be quiet, please? Please. Thank you. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 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 and Bailey's yo was good, yo. too. Yo! Yo! Let's hear uh, cut for Shirley. Mike Houston, do you think we'll see a lot of blitzing this week from South Carolina? Well, I would I would expect to see that uh, you know, pretty regularly. That's... Um, I thought App did a great job of mixing up uh, pressure and playing coverage. Uh, so, uh, you know, I thought that was. Here comes Bailey. Yeah, we need to. Yo! Yo! Thank you. All right. Everything Sorry about, about it. Mike Houston's, like, face when he's like, man, they're being really loud. And they were being loud. Like, you can't even tell it on the uh, audio as much. But if you're there, like. It's just kind of like drowning out the press conference. Brian Bailey steps away from his uh, camera, and then Malcolm comes in with the, Will you be quiet, please? Thank, Thank you. you. Will you be quiet, please? Thank you. Uh, Redbeard says this game can't be bigger than the App State Super Bowl. Well, that was App Super Bowl. That was App Super Bowl. According to Billy This Bieber. is East Carolina Super Bowl. Whoa, all right. Wait, two weeks, <laughs> there two you games, go. Okay. two Super Bowls. You know what? We live in a a simulation <laughs> that gets it just gets reversed every year. I've already seen it on Hoist the Colors and Boneyard Banner. We've already had the We Should Bring Back Steve Logan. Oh my yeah, gosh. I saw that one. Like It is literally, we live the same life over and over and over again every football season. And how many people wanted to bring back Skip Holtz when Louisiana Tech was up 34-14, to 14, <laughs> but then wanted to not bring him back once they choked and lost the game? Yep, that's just the way it is. It's all... Which it, it, it's what makes football so beautiful, though. The yeah, the overreaction to not only a game but a quarter or a half. I mean, it's just amazing, um, and that's what makes it so good, though. Because you know, you spend so much time preparing and analyzing the game. So once you finally get to the actual game, 
every single play is so just overanalyzed, so much reaction, mm-hmm. positive, negatively, etc. Yep, that's uh, that is what makes it fun though. I just saw this. Mark Few needs to call an Uber. He has been cited for drunk driving, according to the spokesman.com. Not good. Yeah. Anybody want to make the joke? It's sitting there for you. Nobody? Go ahead. He had a few. Yeah, he had a few too many. Jesus, man. Shirley's doing other stuff, so she's what? not going to hit anything. That's supposed to be funny. I had my headphones off. What was that? <laughs> nothing. I heard my name. It was nothing. Mark okay. Few gotten he he got caught drunk driving, and he had a few too many. <sighs> yeah. Go ahead. Was that supposed to be funny? Nah, it's not. All right, Stephen. We got a lot to talk about. I, I mean, we could do a good, bad, ugly. I was thinking about that on the drive over. Are we bringing that back? I, I enjoy that segment. I've got some goods. I we know some bads. And there's some, uh, yeah, we'll do it. Uh, coming up to start hour number three of today's show. Stephen Igo Hoist the Colors is here. We'll make you a winner. Coming up in our next hour as well. A ton to go. And uh, your thoughts. As uh, You can give us a call, 317-1250 if you like. Also hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Can we see if he's nervous as well? We will ask Stephen if he is nervous for this South Carolina game. We'll do that too. Huge hour three on tap. More to go on our Bud Light EC report after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, we have not heard the Fernando Fry interview, which was overtaken by Jeff Charles in the background in about 30 minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. we're long overdue to hear it again. Stephen Igo was there asking the question. For those that haven't heard it yet, uh, let's hear it. Fernando Fry being interviewed. I go ask the question, and what happens after that is just magical. Uh, let's hear it, Charlie. Fernando, when you guys rewatched the app game, kind of what were the, the big takeaways for the offense? Rick Flair! Um, Woo! I mean, I think we left you a lot out there. draw it up any better yeah, that I go your question ends. There's a sil- moment of silence, and all you hear is Rick Flair. And then he keeps going. When you, you know, talking to Coach Houston, he mentioned, I guess the blitz pickups. It was kind of one guy here or there. I want to hear one more Rick Flair. So how, like you kind of mentioned there, but how important is it to, to have those small mistakes? I was like flustered. <laughs> So, Stephen, you were there. Um, Trying to ask the question. If like Me and Fernando were like giving each other looks like, what the hell is going on in the background? I thought he handled it as well as you possibly could. Oh, yeah. 
for just, sure he was on camera i didn't see you or glenn or anybody else uh mark lindog but like he kept his cool i mean that if you're a good offensive lineman you know what you have to do keep your cool yeah and uh there's a lot of be- really i equate it to you know the defense just throwing a lot of window dressing at you but what really is the task at hand you got to answer the question being directed to you you mm-hmm. got to pick up the blitz being directed to you fernando was on it so i expect him to play well this weekend yeah uh how much did he play i go you do the per huh it's an interesting stat keaton mitchell yeah we mentioned that earlier the uh now i don't know this twitter handle recruiting analytics but uh i read their bio uh, a moment ago but keaton mitchell had the top max speed in all of college football according to recruiting analytics at 22.6 miles per hour i mean that's pretty dang fast he's getting it i mean that play that was electric was so similar i talked about it with dakota marshall um when did we talk to him friday hey you're not shirley hey can you hit the malcolm cut real quick chandler let's put you to work over here chandler that's pretty quick thanks uh we talked to dakota and dakota was like i'm not gonna say he's i don't even want to say the name but and i was like yeah chris johnson but it was so similar to that play where johnson's running in the hawaii bowl and greg hudson does the point yep they did it not look just like that seen that highlight a million times yeah um uh, <laughs> like it looked like a salute mm-hmm. that, that's a good contribution <laughs> thank you <laughs> chandler what's up you're doing a great job buddy and I only roast the ones I love. Oh, thank you. Wow. Okay, got me. Tell him, Malcolm. Um, Tell him. <laughs> the thing is, though, how do you? How many times now do you throw that play? Like I feel like you have to throw that play one hundred per per game, like three times. I've been shouting from the rooftops. More running back screens. More throws to the running back. Well, they threw six screens on Saturday. That's a lot for a game. And I like it. And two of them. I don't know if Rajay didn't turn around or Holton oh, yeah. the ball too quick, but they had two set up um, because App's linebackers dropped into coverage a lot, so they were set up. The other thing too that you know we give uh, we the collective pirate nation gives Donnie so much flack these days, but if you watch the quarterback draw that was called back due to a BS holding call, that was they ran the same Keith Mitchell swing pass. So the whole defense went to keep Mitchell, and then Holton drew the or Holton uh, took off on the draw, which is why it was so open. So, I mean, it's not like he's not dialing up any of the right plays. So that was a huge play in the game that could have, when it's a fourteen-six game, and you have a sixty-yard run down to the five. That's a huge momentum swing. No, it is. I mean, the Pirates were on the wrong side of momentum swings all night. That play, the Hail Mary, and again, it depends on kind of if you're glass half full, glass half empty. The way you read that game at the end of it. Should East Carolina I mean, you can spin it both ways? Should East Carolina have been closer? Well, yeah. If they don't get two touchdowns called back, if they get that Ailers run and there's no holding call, sure. But what if App State didn't just take the air out of their tires at the end of the game and For wanted sure. to score a couple more? Or if Chase Bryce didn't? I mean, it looked like it was about to be forty to nine until Chase Bryce made that horrible throw. Oh yeah, they were right by the end zone, um, which we would have liked to seen that a little earlier. But by the way, you are not a Chase Bryce believer. No, 100%. Um, did ECU make him look that good, or is he that good? I think he's pretty good. I just think he's good because how can you not be good when you have an elite running game and all your throws basically come off play action? 
how can you not be good you could miss the throws i mean he was good like he's always had talent but the one he dropped in the bucket that was a great throw outstanding throw but what i'm saying is how much that probably came off play action too it's much easier to be a successful quarterback if you're in man coverage or thrown against man coverage the one he threw a pick on was zone coverage that he misread um my point is chase bryce is a solid quarterback but he's in a perfect system now all right i mean they're not alabama duke what about he's lost to freaking charlotte true they suck yeah app's good app would beat duke by 20 points the bdcu by 14 how much can they beat miami by we'll talk about that later on in the show we were talking about fernando fry before we got super sidetracked there um <laughs> i go you do the participation sheet right at hoistacolors.net how much did fry play he played a good amount um he came off the bench played both guard spots a little bit and did a good job due to just him just rotating okay rotating in. um who took over from malavik was that noah henderson noah henderson and are they ready to go ahead and kind of pull the reins off him and let him go i mean he I played, they don't have a choice now maybe he, yeah i mean he played the rest of the game so i think at this point he's he's your guy as long as he holds up and you know he looked pretty good i thought he got beat a few times or was a little rusty but you know that's to be expected after two years off so i think he he will be the guy at right tackle going forward he's got experience which is good you know the interesting thing for me is if something happens to Noah or justin chase then who do you go to you got a couple of options. You can you can kick Nashad Strother back out to tackle, even though they want to leave him at guard. And then you can play Fry and Bailey at guard or Trent Holler at one of the guard spots or even Isaiah Foote. Um, you also have Walt Stribling, who probably is another year away. And then you got Oregon State transfer Rob Vanderlaan. So, so at least you have some options. Yeah. Um, so who are the backup tackles at this point? I mean, you just talked about it. Vanderlaan is the transfer and Stribling is a freshman. How much did he play last year? He started a game. Okay. So you don't have a ton there. You'd, pro- you'd likely see another uh, starter with Strother go out and then Fry just take over a guard. It just depends on how they want to play. I mean, Strother started six games at left tackle last year and did a solid job. So, I mean, the, the thing is you're so much better on the interior. You know, like your best five is probably – fry and bailey with strother at tackle but it depends on how they want to play it uh we got an or at third string quarterback it was there last week that's uh that is pointless um gotta keep people happy man who's happy about that the fourth string quarterback they both travel so i don't know no. i mean maybe the coaches really don't know who they'd put in if <laughs> if Taylor's all hell breaks loose went down you gotta prepare for it all i guess okay you're right i'm wrong um any depth chart changes from week one to week two steven there's some subtle changes here or there nothing major i mean josiah hatfield went from these went from backup to potential starter with the or next to omatosho what was that um participation like steven do you remember that number i think audi played i think they played similar but hatfield i thought played better oh by the way terrible prediction about ryan jones scoring in the first quarter he didn't so just throwing that out there okay how many good predictions did you have uh um, app state 
winning outright i mean i had app state winning outright too all right good we both have one and you had a bad one so you're one and one i'm one and <laughs> who's your uh fantasy player today? uh the winner keaton mitchell thanks for asking wow that's a great prediction by me i appreciate you bringing that up <laughs> any other questions who did you say was to go the first touchdown uh didn't uh not available oh. didn't wasn't. easy to easy i wasn't to asked so yeah. quit asking um ryan jones did score in the fourth quarter i brought that up to say good call i mean you, you said it would be first quarter i mean it, it was a, a good tight call. end touchdown it was a good call it, I'm, and shane calhoun called a touchdown too and i said there's gonna be a bunch of touchdowns by the tight ends this year and you know what the first play of the game clip was a design pass to guess what a tight end but it was covered all right while we're playing the guessing games wait did i did bruce bivens have a catch no. <laughs> why the hell is that on the stat sheet on yeah ESPN? bruce bivens had one catch for 10 yards according to espn <laughs> all right i'm gonna go to ecpirates.com they must have got to mix up with cj johnson at some point ah <clears throat> uh, um oh you're right because they have cj with three catches and he had four so that's yep. what it is um as we are one game into the year we have our tight end bet over under 15 catches on the season i mean this... right now ecu has one i'm on pace to win is that wrong i mean you're right but i'm still encouraged by what i saw there were three or four plays designed to go to the tight ends uh one of them holding others was throwing the ball to the freaking tight end and justin chase tried to catch it so I'm not sure what happened there. He's on my side. Yeah, He's trying so. not to have tight ends catch the ball. Granted, I mean, it wasn't the best throw in the world or the best read, but it may have been a, a catch if they would have, if Justin Chase wouldn't have tried to grab it. Yeah, I mean, Audio Matosho won. He had, had a drop as well. Hadfield by far the most impressive receiver. In well, the that's game. the the, thing, the encouraging thing is that C.J. Johnson and Tyler Sneed did not play their best games. I thought CJ looked pretty good. He just, I don't, I feel like he even wasn't targeted that much. Um, How many targets did Snead have out of the four catches? Do you remember? I don't know if I'm ahead of me. He had the one drop, probably had another targeted too. So six or seven, I would, I would say off the top of my head. But yeah. do you expect him to bounce back? Definitely. And, you know, if, if teams are taking him away this year, you've got to have and ECU forcing him the ball. You know, one thing I did love was the running backs in the passing game because every time they caught the ball they got positive yardage i mean every single time they caught it they made the first man miss and got up field so man the more we can see that i am a huge fan of that and we talked about in the preseason could keaton mitchell be that third leaning receiver i mean he made a a catcher over the middle that it's not an easy catch as a running back you know kind of went ran a little mini wheel route or whatever made the catch got up field for seven eight yard gain like those plays are don't seem like a lot but are fun i was trying to think did i have him having the third amount of catches i i know i think ronnie did i think i've had uh i said audio matosho is going to break out this year so i think i made a lot of predictions but i'm only going to talk about the ones that come you know hit that are correct come hit come uh come ahead now yo (laughs) be quiet please thank you Steven, uh, you rewatched the game, correct? You watched it I live did. and you watched it on the telly. Um, Kevin Monroe said on Friday when we talked to him, you know, I, I saw the App State run game and I was like, man, our, our D line's getting beat, which maybe that was the case sometimes. But he said he was more disappointed watching it live. He had not watched it back yet. The linebackers coming up 
and either being in the wrong spots or not making the plays when you saw it was their run game appalachian state's run attack more d-line issue or linebacker issue i think it was a little bit of everything but i thought the linebackers did not play to their capability the safeties as well struggled to fit at times and the you know the sams it was a you know it's such a tough scheme to defend they almost want to get you going like so it looks like the d-line has penetration but they almost invite you to do that and they push you past the play in some cases um you know as long as they get you going sideways and can control you they're fine with you getting upfield a little bit because then it just creates more cutback length so mm-hmm. uh but there were a couple times man ecu defenders just got turned around both on the end at tackle so it's not the d-line played great but there were issues i thought all over the place the one thing i will say about the defense they did make some stops at times to get the team back into the game you look at it when it was first drive of the second half yeah and they they held you know they gave up some big plays but they held them the field goals they gave yeah. the offense a chance so the offense got up six to nothing and app scored four straight possessions but the offense did not score over that time you know you look at it and you can say well we should have had the hail mary we should have had the 57 yard run but those things didn't happen so you go the rest of the half without scoring at some point, you got to stop, stop the bleeding and answer. I just remember we were supposed to be doing good, bad, and ugly. Oh, um, we're kind of doing it already. Good running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. Good. Field good. ECU at times bending but not breaking uh, defensively. John Young. John freaking Young, dude. Probably the best performance I've ever seen in the history of East Carolina football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every punt he booted was fair caught and had excellent hang time and was long get this ad out of the way so i can see his stats way at the bottom six punts 264 yards 44 average long of 54 and net was zero return yardage for absolute the only return was a fair catch that was fumbled oh yeah so i mean they didn't return anything and that is elite 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 punting <laughs> I love that you're so fired up. About I mean, this. I'm just trying to bring some positivity. Can you be quiet, please. <laughs> I will say though. No, I do remember saying like, as me and Clip and Billy uh, were watching the game, like, I was like, what got into John Young? He was just booming it, man. Now, one one uh, change I did notice this week, Clip. No more or at the punter position. Huh. That spot has been taken by John Young. <laughs> so Luke Larson, the Aussie, is going to have to. There was a time where I thought ECU could go for it, Stephen. I don't even remember the down. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was... I don't know. Maybe fourth and three or something. Kind of close to midfield. But it was... I think in their own territory, though. Yeah, probably on like the 47, 40, you know. But... um, Right before half, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember. But thank you for like really trying to break it down. I thought that might be an opportunity to put the Aussie in. And give them the threat of a potential, you know, do a rugby style. Right. But if nothing's there or nobody's over there running for a first down. So I think we'll see that at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. South Carolina blocked two punts last week. Gordon Shane Beamer should have had four. Beamer ball. Beamer ball. Junior. Junior. Potentially making his way to Greenville this week. I asked John Young about that. He said he was recruited by the Beamers. He didn't, I don't know. I guess Shane recruited him maybe because he was the 2015 class he said that was pretty cool but he was like i'm confident in our operation if we do what we do we'll be fine chandler as a long snapper you went to camps and such did you ever see uh, frank beamer 
And one of those? No, I did not. Trying to scout the next best long snapper? No, I did not. Uh, all right. I was just curious. I did see Friday night, I did see defensive coordinator for NC State, Tony Gibson, uh, there watching Deshaun, Deshaun Thompson. Why are you shaking your head, are you? Thought I, I thought he was going to become a pirate. He's a future Packer? Future Green, Green Bay, Bay Packer? Packer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, ECU was... <laughs> Sorry, Malcolm. ECU was the first to discover him. All right. NC State I mean, we're not Christopher Columbus Chandler over Honeycutt here. Chandler was the first to discover him. <laughs> like, should it be the first team to discover a guy and offer a guy, they should get him immediately. It would make it a whole lot more interesting because that would mean Mac Jones would have played at East Carolina. Whoa! No. <laughs> Who discovered him? Tony Peterson? Dave Nickel. You know what? Dave, Dave Nickel? How's he discovered anybody looking down after, at the ground the whole time? I, I interviewed him after the ECU offer, and I remember him saying, I think it was Dave Nickel. I have to go back and look. You interviewed him. Mac Jones? Yes, I sent you the article one time. You didn't respond. <laughs> of course. I don't care about Mac <laughs> you're Jones. You're the king of that. I'm good <laughs> like, at ghosting. You're the king of ghosting. Um, you're so damn good he at He is the savage oh, king 100%. of ghosting. Mac Jones. What year was that, I, Stephen? I Stephen uh, Ivan Ivan. If if Dave Nickel would have offered him, it would have probably been the 2015 class, no, 2016 class. Dave right. Nickel used to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Did, when we interviewed him, he would just stare at the ground. It was super awkward. Kind of like kick his feet some. He'd look. Up Everybody hates on Dave Nickel, but I tell you what, man. He took James Summers and Blake Kemp and almost made a ball game. So I don't want to hear any crap on Dave Nickel. Not even from former players that were in that offense? I don't want to hear a peep. Yeah. Tell Bryce Williams to bring it up. Oh! <laughs> Bryce Williams had a career year that year. Dang. <laughs> we need to have that discussion on the air one day. I go versus I mean, Bryce. He was being thrown Nickel. the ball by a four-string quarterback and receiver, and he still had 500-something Not in the dang red zone. Dang. <laughs> Bryce Williams will be here on Wednesday. Them turkey tears. Thank you, Bryce. All right, let's uh, take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll ask Igo if he's nervous about South Carolina. We'll make some picks. What? Why would I be nervous about a game, ECU? Nobody's expecting them to win. They're favored in the game? I don't care. Nobody's expecting them to win. Look. I am. Do we not agree? Chandler wants to know if you're nervous. I'm not nervous because I think ECU's going to play really well Saturday. I just wanted to hear the sound oh, yeah, That's fair. Well, we can't now because he's it can not be nervous. A total go I'm not y'all. nervous. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Quit asking. So quit asking. Be quiet, please. Be quiet, please. Thank you. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service the number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from 
Standard Conventional Government and Portfolio Loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clint Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. One more segment to go with I Go before he goes. And we'll make some picks here momentarily. Steven, uh, real quick on ECU and South Carolina. I like the way, and I, I've only seen very small evidence of this, but I like the way the team has responded from the loss. There hasn't been much like season's over. I'm not going to work anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to practice hard. You know, talking to the players yesterday, hearing from Mike Houston, uh, I like where the head's at heading into week two. In fact, one of the players, either Rajay or Tyler yesterday, I think it was Tyler Sneed, says now we, or my, it was one of them, says we even have more motivation now to go out, to practice harder, to, to get this win on Saturday. Do you I mean, agree with that? I mean, if you can't get motivated after, after that game or ahead of hosting South Carolina, then you're in the wrong sport. Uh, Sean Bailey said we're pissed off, so I would hope that you know, I, I don't think the team played up to its expectations. They fully expected to win the game. Yeah. And they got beat pretty soundly. So, I mean, I think it was, I don't know if wake-up call is the right word or just a, a realization that you can practice as, as good as you want to, but you still got to go into a game and execute at an extremely high level. And especially against a good team, you just can't make the mistakes ECU made. They just made too many critical errors, and it added up to a uh, couple-score loss. All right, um, here's some NFL breaking news. I drafted Latavius Murray, and uh, we now need another running back because, according to Adam Schefter, the Saints are releasing Latavius Murray. They asked for a pay cut. He said, no, and he is gone. Why would you? I also have Latavius Murray. Maybe you should hold on to him. Field Yates says, feels like the Ravens should give his agent a call soon. He might land somewhere else, but I don't know. Why would you want a free agent NFL running back when you can? pick up another one in fantasy so i mean the good thing about being an nfl running back is a lot of those schemes are similar so you can roll in and just play right away all right let's make picks now and we'll spend our final few minutes talking nfl week one steven sounds good uh ecu's a two-point favorite against south carolina i i i've been saying since post game and on friday that this feels like losing to a and t gloom and doom come out with a strong home performance and beating a team called carolina last time it was north carolina this time it could be south carolina i wish the line was like south carolina minus seven or south carolina minus six although this should make me feel even better about a bounce back performance that vegas has east carolina as a favorite in this game so we're going to go ecu minus two and i'm going to take the pirates to not only cover but win because if they cover as favorites they have to win the game how surprised are you that this line has not shifted back though well i looked for it today and couldn't find it have you seen it let me uh look real quick i have not looked today but i would have thought that there would be enough money coming in on south carolina but i mean you know vegas clearly they want money to come in on south carolina which is why this line moves so quickly and so that's why i do like ecu in this game See, this is so okay. Now it's a pick 'em, basically, right? Or ECU minus one, a half a point, depending on where you look. So it's basically a pick 'em. Should we go by that? That's fair. I mean, I'm picking. E- I'm picking ECU to win the game. I told myself going into the year, ECU would lose to App, 
then beat South Carolina. I thought they played App a lot more tightly. Did you? Were you like standing in front of a mirror, yeah, talking to yourself? This is going to happen, <laughs> Stephen. So I'm taking the Pirates. I'm sticking with it. Although I had a lot of doubt as I left Bank of America Stadium about making that pick. But you know, the further you get away from the game, the more you realize it's this. If you're going to beat South Carolina, this is the year to do it. Um, I can go ahead and already make my week three prediction if you'd like me to. I have ECU losing to Marshall. That's that's fine. Okay. I would probably have them losing to Marshall as well. Uh, as even if they win by 45 this week. If they win by 45, I will take the Pirates. Okay. Uh, I've already got the season mapped out. I don't need to see any football. Okay. Well, I'll hold you to that. You can just go take a nap during the game, wake up into the fifth quarter. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Oh, the Ohio State is 14 and a half point favorites at home against oregon oregon with a um who'd they play it wasn't a oh fresno got out to a lead fresno state came back took the lead oregon ends up winning it um that feels like a i don't know though this this is a noon game this feels like a game that they're just begging you to take oregon and so i'm going to Ohio state because- i like that you have become uh, and you don't even gamble on games. Gamble. You have become very savvy to the uh, lingo, Stephen. Ohio State played not great last week against Minnesota. I think that gives them a lot of motivation to clean things up, and I think they wax Oregon. By the way, we were both two, two, and one last week. So solid five hundred. Yeah, we'll take it. I'll take five hundred any day. Uh, I will go against you here. I'll take the Ducks on the road plus fourteen and a half. All right, Iowa State is a four and a half point favorite against Iowa this line let me see what this is today this is very fishy to me after what iowa did to indiana and after what iowa state did and yeah it's four four and a half i feel like iowa state almost loses or loses to northern iowa every single year well last year they opened the season with a loss to louisiana yep um i'm going to iowa state i think iowa state's the better team you know why steven they're begging you to take iowa surprised you didn't say that well they are begging you to take iowa and the way iowa played last week a lot of people are going to take iowa Therefore, I'm rolling with the Cyclones. I am uh, a complete sucker, and I'm going to take Iowa. <sighs> Miami, minus eight against Appalachian State. I'm taking App State. I- I'm telling you, I'm going all sucker plays this week. Who does Miami play next week? Why Why would that factor in? Because I'm trying to see how they're going to bounce back after just getting their teeth kicked in versus Alabama. Of course, you bring up the Miami Dolphins schedule. Uh, they um, play the Patriots. <laughs> wow, they're really going to be challenged. Ooh, at home against Michigan yeah, State. Yeah, give me App State. I mean, you sandwich in App State between Michigan State and Alabama. I think this game. Miami is- escapes with maybe a field goal victory yeah. or something. Or loses App, all right. Just straight wins. I just feel like App State has enough talent. Like, this oh, is they're not good. like a shocker thing. No. I feel like they can keep up with them. And I added this one because. There was a lot of uniform talk this weekend. What game did you watch, Stephen, that had the best uniforms, in your opinion? Anything stand out to you? Sissy Blues from UCLA. A lot of people liked Ole Miss last night. My Uh, favorite uniforms were Saturday night, late night. I was watching BYU-Arizona. I didn't even watch that game. Something about those BYU Blues uh, I really liked. And they are seven-point dogs against Utah. I thought Penn State, Wisconsin has some good uniforms. Pretty classic, right? Mm-hmm. You I, being I, serious? I mean, they were good, but like I was just kind of making. They were boring. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss has some good ones. Uh, 
What do we think of East Carolinas? I like them. Yeah, they're solid. I like the white on white. What are they going to do this week, you think? Purple tops. I'm worried they're going purple tops, purple pants, and... I don't like those, but I feel like they won a lot doing the uh, grape look back in the day. Yeah, I hope they go grapes. But the problem with the... If you go purple jerseys, you have a gold stripe. Oh, right. And then purple pants... Or white pants, you have purple stripes. So it's going to yeah. look really weird. So they need to go purple on purple. I feel like, yeah. But then you're going purple on purple at noon. With all that being said, I'll take BYU plus seven against Utah. Did we skip a game? Nope. Oh, um... This is the border war, right? What's the holy war? No, this is the holy war. Okay. What is the border war? Border war, college football, Kansas, Missouri, or Colorado State, Wyoming, or ECU, South Carolina. Uh, Give me Brigham Young. All right. We're uh, both on BYU. The picks are in. Steven, your Broncos. I need them to win on Sunday because they're playing the New York Giants. The Giants. You keep saying the Giants have the pieces. Do they really? Like, uh, to be good on Madden. Yeah. Barkley, Galladay, uh, Ingram. Like, that is, like, sexy. But none of them ever play. They're, That's my whole point on the Giants. They have Daniel Jones throwing them the football. No, nah, yeah. Fumbling the ball, turning it over. Their defense isn't very good. Wow, you are very confident about this. No, I'm sense. not confident at all. I'm just saying the Giants stink just like the Broncos stink. I love this week one schedule. There, are, I think, are only two division matchups, and there's a ton of AFC versus NFC. Good. So you don't get to see them a lot. So, like, Colts, Seahawks, uh, Titans, Cardinals is a weird, fun matchup. Even Washington. Chris Johnson Bowl. Washington Chargers is a fun matchup, I think. It just sounds so weird when you go football team Washington Chargers. Chargers, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Giants Broncos is another uh, you know AFC versus NFC. Two upstart teams. <laughs> oh God, what are you NFL films now? I don't know, man. I, I just I can't get fired up at all about that really? ball game. Yeah, two gloves. I mean, it's just. The only thing I'm excited to see is Von Miller and Bradley Chubb finally playing together. What's the uh, what's the total in that game? Of course, the Giants don't play much. Oh, this is in New York. Uh, but it is at 4 o'clock. That's strange. 42 is the total. So, yeah, low number there. And Denver's a road favorite. Never a fan of being a road favorite on the East Coast. Yeah. I guess it's better than being a road dog. All right. So, uh, yeah, you're not fired up about Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe Drew Locke will come in the third quarter and suck like he always has. Vic Fangio <laughs> never won a September NFL game as a head coach. That is a insane stat. That is uh, true. A stat to consider. So do you think they win Sunday? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a is, – is Barkley playing? I'm sure he is. Okay. I mean, I honestly, I usually I read like all the pre preseason stuff for the You're Broncos. You're just not so excited. This year I have not even tried to get excited. Uh, one more time before Stephen leaves, Chad wants to know he missed the context of Jeff Charles shouting in the background. Shirley, can you pull up Fernando Fry one more time? Fernando, when you guys rewatched the app game, kind of what were the, the big takeaways for the offense? Rick Flair! Woo! Um, I mean, I think we left. Never a gets lot old. Uh, I guess Jeff is doing some type of video. I'm assuming it's going to be like in the stadium yes, yes. on Saturday. We'll ask Jeff tomorrow, uh, but while Fernando Fry is trying to do an interview, Jeff Charles is wooing in the background and saying, Ric Flair, 
Ivan Koloff, um, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. So, uh, Martin just sent me a link to the uh, oh, UCLA's header where it's got Sissy Blue. Come on down here, that Sissy Blue shirt. I'll kick your ass. Do you still got Coach O from yesterday? When he's talking about a Sissy Blue shirt, I'm going to kick your ass. If not, You're going I'll, down, Coach. <laughs> if not, I'll just keep talking like this. If you don't have a Coach O talking about a Sissy Blue shirt. Why the hell you knocked up? everything about that clip is magical we had uh you got chip kelly too while we're here i mean i'm in the mood for a good joke chip kelly or brian kelly uh chip kelly ucla head coach you know what we don't have that let's hear brian kelly okay hold on do we have that yes well let's hear it game had it all what did you think of your team's ability to withstand florida state's impressive comeback yeah yeah Uh, Yeah. you know I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Oh, God. Thank you. Well done. We need Malcolm in more real-life situations. Brian Kelly trying to go with the old John McKay joke and just completely botching it. Steven, thanks for hanging out. What you got coming on with the Colors this week? Some basketball stuff? <laughs> Uh, baseball recruiting lots of uh lots of football coverage football recruiting this is the first game day visit ecu's been able to host since college game day is coming 2019 i'm just gonna leave <laughs> all right and you're getting as bad as brian kelly really be quiet, please? thank you <laughs> i'm in favor of execution and i think my players should be executed <laughs> was that supposed to be funny what you know you guys don't get the joke you're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. I'm hilarious. I'm, I'm Brian Kelly. I tell jokes. Fair weather idiot. All right, Shirley Rhodes, we need to make somebody a winner right now. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Rick Flair. <laughs> Rick Flair. 317-1250. Booty everywhere. Let's, uh, let's make somebody a winner, Shirley. What do you want to give away today? A large two-topping pizza courtesy of Domino's. All right, get the door. It is Domino's, 317-1250. What color are we looking for? 12. All right, call now, 317-1250. Your chance to win. More Pirate Radio Live on the way after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sug Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. And if you have a dream of a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more than Carolina Hardscapes, is the place to call at 364-1201. Or you can stop by the Carolina Hardscapes Outdoor Showroom on Fire Tower Road across from Bostic uh, Sug Furniture. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes. And congratulations 
to Jeff Dover, who won a large two-topping pizza courtesy of Domino's. Get the uh, door. It's Domino's. Domino's of Greenville has three locations to take care of you every day. All three topping pizzas are only $7.99 each for carryout only. And you can order online today at dominoes.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, Red Rover, Red Rover, let Jeff Dover come over. I know, right? Clip. Yeah. Stop. I'm on fire. You're on a roll, man. Thank you. During the break, I had like eight awful jokes in a row. (laughs) It was a new person. I had the greatest joke ever today. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You guys didn't find it funny. I found it stinking hilarious. Are you going to tell it? No. <laughs> that, now that's funny. <laughs> I don't even know if it should go on air. That's why I'm not mentioning well, it. Probably not. You but, dirty jokester. Yeah, we got a uh, freaking. Uh, oh, I'm a dirty jokester. We got dirty I Don Rickles over here. I, I waited all day to call my nine year old godson to tell him that joke. Who's the guy? Why am I thinking Andy Van Slyke? <laughs> <laughs> You mean Dick Van Dyke? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who's the uh, the dirty joke teller? The hickory dickory doc? Help me out, Shirley. Come on. You know oh, it. From the 80s. Oh, God. Um, Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay, not Andy Van Slyke. <laughs> <laughs> he played like, for the he... Pittsburgh Pirates. I was, was going to say, wasn't he a what? baseball player? Yeah. Where are you going with this clip? Andrew Dice Clay is the name I was looking for. Oh! Oh, y'all want to hear from the MVP from last Thursday? Sure. I do too. Let's hear John from Young. John Young as he met with the media earlier today. You obviously punted the ball well last obviously. week. How do, you, how do you feel like you did coming out of the first game? Um, I'm feeling pretty confident after that last game. You know, I had a I had a really good week last week. Um, I think all my field punts I hit over 50 during practice. And so I think having that confidence going in the game really helped. Um, you know, we're, we focus on the net a lot, and I think our gunners did really well running down the field, making sure they're all fair caught, which mm-hmm. is always a positive. You said you worked a lot on hang time this offseason, and that seemed to pay off. So what, what was your thought on that? Um, it, was definitely, uh, it was definitely exciting for me because, like you said, that's something that I've worked on uh, this offseason. And, you know, going back and watching the film, and seeing you know the the results of it uh, makes me pretty happy. Pretty good, pretty good operation for you guys punt wise uh, last week in an NFL venue. Uh, what's it do for your confidence level coming into this week and the rest of the season a little bit? Um, I think, like you said, our you know operation wise uh, with Slade snapping it back there uh, with with great velocity um, definitely makes my job easier because I don't have to rush. Um, <clears throat> but you know having him. You know, as a freshman and coming in, it really puts a lot of confidence uh, in me, and I know the coaches have a lot of confidence in him. Um, yeah. Now that you're back here after the game, you kind of reset. What's the vibe of the locker room as you go into the South Carolina game? Um, I think I think uh, overall the, the locker room's doing well. Um, you know, App State's already we're already over it, and we're we're moving on to USC, and I think everybody's kind of got that that thought process. You've been around for a while, kind of going on that. I mean, the season typically has some ups and downs, just inevitably for every team. How do you not let the App State game linger? I, I guess and, and turn this into kind of a, a way back up. Um, well, for me, it's easier because I'm a punter. You know, I can't really. <laughs> the team as a whole. I the guess. team as a whole. Um, I mean, 
like I said, it's it's different for me because you know I'm just out there trying to make sure we have good field position for the defense. Yeah. Um, and everybody's everybody's thought process is different, but like I said before, um, you know, coming into this week, we're we're already past App State, and we're all uh, all of us older guys kind of help out the younger guys. Like, hey, it's it's one game, it's first week, we got a long way to go, and we can we can improve. The only way from now is up. It's not Frank Beamer, but you are going against a Beamer. Did you grow up familiar with the, the term Beamer ball and kind of what all that entails? Yeah, I'm um, actually going out of high school. Uh, I was getting recruited by them, and you know, I thought of Coach Beamer. That was that was awesome. Um, but you know, I, at the end of the day, I, it's just another opponent to me. I mean, they they brought they they blocked two last week. It doesn't really change anything in my mindset. They could come all they want, but. You know, I believe in our guys up front. I, don't, I think we'll be fine. Team-wise, uh, can you address the sense of urgency uh, coming into game two, just trying to get a win on the board? Um, I think uh, we're all just focused on taking it one one play at a time. Uh, you know, Coach Dows especially always talks about, you know, the uh, something like the, the most important snap is the snap you're in. And I think all of us need to, you know, Think about that one play at a time, one day at a time, even today during practice. It's going to be one rep. You, know, you just got to build off of that and stack the reps. There is John Young. Man, he was awesome on Thursday night. And with a Beamer in the house on Saturday, you got to make sure your special teams are going to be top-notch. So I go talked about the blocks they had and the near blocks they had in their opener against Eastern Illinois. So once again, going to be important uh, for John Young, for Owen Daffer, for East Carolina special teams to you know put a premium on that coming up for Saturday's game at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. We'll be with you 8 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to kickoff. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap up today's show. We'll tell you about the return of a guest coming up tomorrow. Have not seen hide nor hair of this person in a long, long time. He'll be back on Wednesday. And also uh, some other guests we have coming up later on this week. We'll uh, return on Pirate Radio Live and wrap it up after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a look at your stock market report for today. The Dow was down down 269 points and closed at 35,100. The NASDAQ was up 10 points at 15,374 and the S&P dropped 15 and closed at 4,520. That is your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC and take a look at your Buck scoreboard here is your latest AP Top 25. Of course, Alabama number one. Georgia moves to number two. 
Ohio State's number three. Oklahoma drops from number two to number four. And Texas A&M is number five. Clemson, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Iowa State, and Iowa round out the top ten. And we have Orioles baseball for you tonight as they will host the Kansas City Royals. You can hear that game right here at 7 o'clock. And that is your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your favorite location of music in the land of the Pirates in ENC. Buccaneer Music Hall is open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for the updated schedule. See you at the Buck. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Brock. The Buck. The Buck. I'm ready to do that again on Saturday. Nationals at Braves tonight. Why is there no football tonight? Where's the football at? Why are these college kids not playing for my entertainment purposes on my television? We had it Sunday. We had it last night. Yeah. What's wrong with Tuesday? Play football every night of the week for me. Coming up Wednesday on the show, somebody we have not talked to in a while. It's football season. It's Wednesday. Do you have a guess on who that is, Chandler? It's not Rick Smith, is it? Nope. Shirley, do you have a guess? Football season, somebody we haven't seen in a while. It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, Uh, my goodness. No, I don't know. I was going to say Bryce, but we already have Bryce. We're going to talk to Bryce. Coming up on Wednesday, live in the Pirate Radio Studios on the other side of the table will be Wager McGee. What? Wager! Where has he been? Where has he been? First time, long time, Wager McGee will join us. Coming up Thursday, we'll all say hello. Hey, I I actually got a call right here. I'm sorry? Uh, A Corey Glore call? Yeah. All right, we'll break that out Thursday when we talk to Corey Glore, play-by-play voice of Tulane on Friday. Ariel Epstein will join us to talk some football. Uh, also, let's see, Tony Dunn, Troy D on Friday. Rick Smith will be Thursday. We got a lot, lot to get to the remainder of this week here on Pirate Radio Live. Thanks for tuning in today. For Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, I'm Cliff Brock. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.